What's up, guys? It is Brent, and we are back with some content for Wheel and Trigger. And I know it's been a while. I am sorry. Uh, this time of year, the last couple months of uh, of the year is always really busy for us with our races and uh, different things going on. Um, so it's it's really hard to create content. However, um, I've got a few really good episodes that are going to come out. I think you guys are going to really enjoy them. Um, but this one in specific, in particular, is really, really, really good. Uh, not to mention, it's like an exclusive. We had a Wheel and Trigger exclusive with Ryan Mayfield in the house. He's never done an in-studio podcast. Uh, we were really fortunate to have him, and it was really cool. Um, you know, we talked about camera and cameras and faces. We talked about money, uh, money racing, and, and money in racing. Uh, we sipped on tequila together, drank some Coors Light. The mountains were blue. Uh, you know, we, we did a lot of things. We talked contract, home life. Um, I told him that I was going to dot him in the eye, <laughs> which obviously I never would. Um, you know, lots of good stuff. And uh, I really hope that uh, you guys are going to like this and enjoy this episode. Um, as always, uh, you could, if you like it and uh, you appreciate what we're doing, do us a favor like this episode, share the episode on you from YouTube or from Facebook, anything, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel at wheel and trigger. Um, if you want to be a patron, we would love to have, uh, more patrons to help us fly guests in, um, put them up and, and get them on the show. So, uh, without further ado, here we go. It's Ryan Mayfield. That's pretty good. It was in sync. Kind of like uh, Justin Bieber. <clears throat> yeah. Whatever that. I have a voice like Justin for sure. <laughs> it's a good way to start off. Yeah. So, uh, man, I am going to tell you, when I got the phone call from you the other day and I saw it ring, I was like, what? I mean, we don't talk often. So when, when you call, um, I knew it was one of two things. And I was hoping it was this. Where you were what coming was the out first from. one? What do you think? What was the bad one? It wasn't bad. Oh, okay. It could have it could have been great, but it's nothing that we should probably talk about on this. Yeah, okay. But I, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, this 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 is a, an unexpected pleasure, right. you know. Uh -huh. And I I knew it was getting close to masters, and I just never would have thought. Based, we even talked about like Jason having his Carper race, and you had the BK Classic. And then Masters all on the same weekend. Yeah. And um, I understand like the JC team gets split up all around the country so that they've got their top drivers everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I, mean, I was super excited and and I and I, I had to remind you that I asked you if if I flew you out here, would you come on the podcast? And yeah. You're like no fucking way. Not. <laughs> I didn't say that. Well, you said if I'm not there for something, I'm not going to take time away from my family, which well, I respect. Yeah. I so. for sure said that, but. I don't know about it. No fucking way, but yeah. But that I was uh I was stoked and and I've always it's it's not um it's well documented that I've always wanted all the dogs here to compete for the Master of Dirt. Yep. Which is my baby. I've built this thing from nothing to where it's at and you're here. Yeah. So this is big for me. Yeah, I mean I've been here before. Obviously I did the J, you know, Concepts finals here a couple of years in a row and um, I've wanted to come to this event also just like we were just talking like it's called, you know, 
couple of years ago, there was a NCTS race, J Concepts Carpet Race going on on the same weekend, and it is it's happening again this this weekend. Obviously, Jason's at an event in Iowa, but yeah, and like like I said earlier, I just when we were talking before this uh, show, you know, like when all the big dogs are racing, it's like I need to I want to be there. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> either it goes good or it goes bad, but I just got to be there. I want to be there. You know, so I haven't been racing a lot of ten scale this year. Um, I've ran, you know, a lot of events of hobby action, but I haven't really traveled around. I didn't go to the nationals. Um, so there's a lot of reasons for that. Like, you know, switching to techno this year, I've been really concentrating on my a skill program. Um, but yeah, I felt after Hoosier that my 10 skill program was like pretty good. And I was like, you know, I think it would be kind of just a nice transition to just go to the masters of dirt and, uh, you know, kind of see where I stack up. So, and yeah, I've, I've been here a couple of times. I've always had a good time. Me and you, like you said, we're, we're boys drink some beers at other events. Um, so if I can get here, I, I will, I can get here. Yeah. I'm stoked. Um, so Hoosier went pretty well for you. Like it, you're, you're picking kind of like, well, finding I had, the speed I, again. I got back going. We'll see what happens this weekend, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, whatever it is, it's kind of well documented that me and hobby action don't get along great. And it's, I don't know. I don't understand why it's, um, I have a great relationship with Larry, the owner and my best friend, Jake is the manager there. And, um, I run there quite a bit and just, man, when it comes to big races, like, I feel like I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, I just cannot figure it out. What's the deal. So, and I've heard that before, not just you, but like the, it, you know, what an amazing facility. You're off for sure. I, I can't, I, I'm, I even told the Kothmans a little while ago. I was like, man, I, I regret not going to worlds. It wasn't, it just didn't make sense for me at the time. And I probably should have gone over there. Um, and I, I, I regret not going, but I've heard nothing but great things about the place, but it's always been a question mark on the dirt. Like it, it maybe the prep or the kind of dirt, like what, what's your opinion? Well, first of all, they put in as much effort as any track I've ever seen, you know, like they want it to be the best it can be. Um, but just for whatever reason, the dirt is super sensitive to the temperature outside the moisture level level in it. So it is, it's better now that they've, you know, put misters in there and stuff, but just the, for a big race, the traction's so high and there's still some dust comes up through the run. Like it just feels like the cars are on a knife's edge all the time. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's really hard to kind of like quantify it and like figure out why, obviously, because I still haven't figured it out six years in racing there. Right. You know. Um, a couple guys have, like Spencer Rifkin obviously kills it there damn near every time he's there. Had right. a great showing at Worlds. Um, and then Ongaro comes in and just wins, you know, like never been there ever and wins four-wheel drive. So it's like it clicks for some, it doesn't click for others. But I think that's what's cool about that place too is it's just like it's it's fucking hard, man. Right. Like, so if you want a challenge, like that's one of the places you should go for sure. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. They, they did an amazing job at the Worlds. Like you would have loved being there. Like you appreciate hard work and like, you know, damn, they did a great job. Especially as a track owner, you would have just looked around and been like, damn, I don't know. They did. I, I don't remember anything being like missed yeah you know like there was a tire issue but i was so blown out of proportion i mean it, it honestly worked out to where it just made our lives way easier you know like because a little older tires were fine right you know but if if that issue wouldn't have happened we put our probably would have been putting tires on every run more and, work more and, money and struggled even more right you know what i mean so it's like i i told larry afterwards i was like eh, it's probably a happy accident you know what I mean? Like he obviously didn't, wasn't able to make as much money on tire sales, which was a bummer. Um, but yeah, just 
for everything else, that was like such a small, it was a huge thing at the moment, obviously. But at the end, I think most people forgot about it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, not to talk about hobby action too much. But no, no, no. They, I, I, they did a great job. And um, so what I started with is I've had a rough time racing there. Don't get up, you know, don't usually have great results to show off from that event or that, from that track for whatever reason, which sucks because it's my home track. I mean, I live 10 minutes from there. Right. Which I honestly think that's another reason why I don't do well there because now I have two kids and, you know, my wife texts me, hey, I'm coming home from work. And I'm like, well, shit, if I was home, I'm 10 minutes from just chilling with my wife and kids. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just when I'm here, South Carolina or wherever, around the world, it's not even an option. But when you're 10 minutes away, you're just like, yeah. I feel like I'm. You feel obligated. Yeah. Arm, arms reach away. Yep. And it's, you know, obviously she's super cool. She doesn't want me to like, she's not expecting me to be home or anything like that. But it just, it's so close, you yeah. know. So it always kind of weighs, you know, weighs in the back of my mind. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of funky. So then I went to Hoosier. Had a great weekend, you know, like almost one two-wheel drive, ran well in four-wheel drive. And so then I left there, and I'm like, man, I want to go to Masters of Dirt. I want to go to another track and just uh, see how I stack up, you know, against the best guys in the world, basically. You know, obviously, if a couple of the European dudes would show up to this event, then it'd probably be one of the biggest. I think this and Desert Classic is probably, the, you know, obviously the two biggest events um, standalone. Yeah, of definitely. the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because all the, you know, all the major guys want to be here. So. Right. Um, I think we're only, you guys are probably only missing Cavalieri this year. Yep. So that's pretty Which I, good. when I talked to him at Wicked, he was coming, but I don't know with the Schumacher deal, whatever. I don't know where, where yeah, he I was at. Yeah, I think he's just so. maybe getting some A-scale stuff going. Um, sure. I heard he's going to Thunder Alley, so, but, which I get it. We, we have a busy schedule. So, I mean, I was just testing in California last week with A-scale stuff. So it's just, we're kind of always doing something somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah. So speaking of techno and 10 scale, obviously we know that, they're not 10 skill oriented. You know, we know they have the, the, the four wheel buggy, the four wheel drive stadium truck in the short course, no two wheel drive buggy. And I, last time I talked to Daniel and, and Matt, you know, a couple of years ago, they're like, no, no, no plans, you know, but now it's, it's a little different. Things have changed and, and they're moving forward. I mean, they've got you, you, they're winning races. They've never been able to win. Um, they, their, their accolades are just you know, climbing and, and they've got a great team support team. I mean, Jared Wiggins is yep. freaking doing an amazing job. Yeah. Obviously Seth's a beast. Yep. Um, you know, like you guys have a great team. Yeah, we, we, we all see it, yeah. but what, what's stopping them from, I mean, if you know, what, what's stopping them from coming out with a, 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 a concentrated 10 scale program that could open up another door for them time. I mean, it's just like, everybody's looking for more time. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're really ready at this moment to put away or put to the side uh, what they're passionate about. You know, their passion is um, a scale buggy and uh, mainly e buggy. They love all the electric stuff. I mean, when I go testing with Danny and Matt Armini, the engineer, like they really only run electric truck and buggy. And um, but they also, you know, trust us to tell them and, and re you know, report back what the nitro cars need. You know what I mean? But they love the A-scale stuff. You know, that's just, so. as far as I know, I mean, I've only been there for a little while. So, sure. Um, but I know they're very dedicated to the A-scale side of things. Um, they they like to make stuff that they enjoy driving, right? So they enjoy driving the A-scale stuff. They enjoy, dri enjoy driving 10-scale short course. Um, and they made that 10-scale four-wheel drive truck, and they were the first people to do it because they thought it was cool. And it did really well. You know what I mean? So I think they've just kind of followed their their passions and what they like 
And then it's also translated really well to the market. Sure. You know what I mean? So not saying they're not passionate about 10 scale, like Danny, uh, the owner, Daniel Lewis and Matt Walter, the team manager, they came out to the worlds and checked it out. And, um, after they, when, when they were leaving, Danny's like, man, this was awesome. Like, sure. I was so stoked to check this out. Like, you know, and I you know, maybe that little, little, you know, little, little fire under their belly to like kind of start doing something with 10 scale, but, um, they're a small operation and, you know, they sell a lot of product, but there's only a handful of dudes working there. They like to keep kind of a tight knit community, you know, especially within their walls. And, um, so that helps them keep things streamlined but then also like there's not a lot of people to like do other stuff. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's spread thin. Yeah. I, I respect that because we're very similar. You know, I mean, we get compared a lot to like the East Coast, a main and all these different things. And I'm always like, bro, you don't even understand. We're so small. Yeah. Like we're just a, a flat, you know, we're just a gnat on the nuts of a big bull, you know? <laughs> right. So yeah. like I, 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 I'm stoked when people give us those compliments, but um, I, I love that those kind of stories not the not the goliaths you know i like the davids i like yeah. the people that have yeah to. i mean they have i mean as far as i know it's like five people you know what i mean total maybe even four now um that actually like work there day to day yeah you know and that's i mean that's nothing that's compared nothing. to some some of these companies well, a main's so. got over 100 employees yeah i mean yeah i mean, so, I mean think about it yeah you know it's a huge company yeah I mean, the amount of product they have to house and you know but the more money more problems the more people you need you know what i mean so but yeah, Techno has been awesome. They uh, had a great year so far. Like you said, we've won a ton of races and um, it's really a testament to like their passion. Like I was saying before, like they're, they're super willing to make adjustments to products, you know, and they can make it on the fly. They can do it super fast. Um, and they're always willing to kind of learn and grow and they don't want to settle, you know, they just want to keep evolving and um, they like thinking outside of the box. They like trying new things. And you know, some of that stuff is awesome. Some of it doesn't really work, but that's the only way you're ever you don't know. know. Yeah, right? you don't know until you try it. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, Jared Wiggins is fucked. That dude runs so much. So dedicated. It's insane. I've like, told a hundred people, like, if if you could have one guy on your team, who would it be? I mean, Jared Wiggins is up there. He's in that I mean he's in he's in the top if you five. Need shit tested, he will test it to death and he'll do it back to back, back to back. Back to back, back to back. Yeah, the and, um, feedback's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he just, like, we were just there this weekend, and it was like 8.30, we're at Paris, the Nitro Challenge track, and uh, he's like, one more tank, and Danny just, you know, <laughs> Danny's like, bro, we're done, like, we're all tired, we're hungry, like, he's like, oh, man, I just wanted to try this one thing, you know? Oh, grab me one while you're in there, please. Thank you. So, yeah, having guys like that is uh, pretty kind of invaluable, you know Absolutely. what I mean? So... Yeah, Jared, um, I had some experience with Jared early on. He, When he was kind of getting his feet wet, he uh, he was on the BK Servo team, and um, and I was on the team and, and selling a ton of servos at the time, and, and he was testing them for for uh, Bert and actually James, and I would get, you know, hear about the feedback, and uh, he was so thorough. Yeah. It was, it was wild. Yeah, he makes me look bad sometimes because he's just like, oh, here's a right write-up of, like, all this stuff, and I'm like, Damn, I don't even send setup sheets. In, you know, like, <laughs> but um, I'm a, I'm more of a phone. Like I just want to like talk on the phone and kind of run through some stuff, and then yeah, then you got him. He's just like he's very detail oriented and like, analytical. Yeah, like, like he he's just good at that stuff. So, um, but yeah, he's a good guy. Seth's a good guy too. He's uh, he busts his ass. He's he's a little 
less methodical, I guess, than Jared. Like, he's definitely more willing to just, like, throw shit on his car, see what's up, and, you know, kind of everybody be damned, I'm going to try this. Right. You know what I mean? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it's like you kind of got these, you know, two, thi- you know, two opposite forces kind of working towards the same path. You right. know what I'm saying, I guess? And then I'm kind of the old dude coming in, got a ton of experience and can just go like, uh, you're side, you're crazy, you know, <laughs> calm down. Or, hey, you need to like be a little more like crazy, you know, like don't be so scared. You know what I mean? Right. Like have a little more open mind. Yeah, you like know? and then so it's it's like it's actually working really well. And then we got a couple of younger kids like Joey Bodon and yep. Cole Caston, and, you know, they've had some great success this year and. Um, but yeah, everybody's kind of just working towards the same goal, which is what you just want to make the shit the best you can make. Sounds it. like a good team. Yeah, and yeah. Th- th- that's one thing I've told people for a long time now. Techno has always surrounded themselves with good people. I mean, back when Lutz was running, yeah, you know, then brought in Tebow. I mean, they they they've been able to bring in great experience to help develop the product. Right. And you, you know, like that's, you know, a lot of people. There's a lot of great drivers. You know. Dakota, you, Cav, Spencer, you know, Tebow, you, you can, the names go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. If you can get one or two of those guys through your camp, that's huge. I mean, the amount of knowledge and experience that hits those, those sheets, all that, all the setups, all the dang R and D, you know, that's, it's, it's invaluable. It's a massive amount of work. You right. Know what I mean, um, so it's like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Like I said, it's crazy. The passion and the enthusiasm they have, like, this might not sound weird to some people, but I mean, Techno has thousands of parts, obviously, like most companies would. But like the owner, Daniel Lewis, he knows every fucking part number, bro. Really? Every single one. Be like, hey, Just do like you have... off top of his head. Yeah, what's the drive shaft off like the .3 buggy? That's like two or three generations ago. And he's like, oh, 9356. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. Daniel's I mean? a cool dude, yeah, though, Yeah, he's a super cool dude. But it's just like every time you like rattle something like that off, I'm like, damn. You yeah. know, like... All right, I know why this company is successful. Like this, that that super precise brain that you know remembers everything. Right. You know what I mean. So it's cool. So I was thankful when I came on board because they allowed me to do this ten scale stuff. You know what I mean. Like they obviously don't cover my travel fees and you know sure. all that shit. That's not their problem. But they let me take the time, you know, to run these ten scale cars. And their current four wheel drive they sell, like a lot of people ask, like, why don't I run it? And um, a simple answer is that Danny told me that, hey, look, we know it's a little bit outdated. We're not focusing on that at the moment. We know what you're going to want to do to the car. We've ran it enough. We know that there's things that need to be adjusted for the times and the tracks that have changed. You know, like five years ago when we were running on like medium grip tracks with like tread, that car was good. Right. It was super competitive. But stuff's developed over you know it's evolved over the years so he's like we just want you know you race 10 scale like just run what you want to run and uh do your thing you know and i was like okay that's solid because you yeah. I mean you're basically even though you're not well, he's out recognizing pro- what their weaknesses are sure. right you know what i mean and then he's not holding anybody back right he's you know? he's not saying go out and promote another brand right. he's just saying Go run whatever's gonna you're gonna win with or you feel comfortable with. Right. And and that's great because yeah. he could basically say, Listen, you either run our shit or you don't. Yeah. You know. And then it really made me feel like shit when I was in the C main at the worlds and I was like, Well, <laughs> fuck, I could have done that with the techno car, you know? 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I could have at least done that. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's the. I mean, when they when they dropped their four wheel, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's just and it was different. It was different, and it worked well. I mean, they Jared won the Reedy race with that car. I mean, she had Joe and Jared at that one year at the Reedy race. They led the points after four wheel drive. They were one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure Joe was first after four wheel. Jared was second, and then Jared ended up you know winning the whole thing. So. And they had others, so it's like they're they're able to make this stuff. You know, they know how to do it. Right. But like I said, it's just time and people. You know. So when was the last time you were on a C Hub car? Like the uh, old RC eight. Yeah. Lo, no, low C. Low C. Low yeah. C. Low C. What do you prefer? I mean, be honest. I mean, I know you're on a C Hub car right now, um, but like, do you want to make your C Hub car handle like a pillowball car? At times, yes, but I think a C-Hub car, I think, is very neutral. It's kind of a neutral car to drive, what I think, anyways. So it kind of works almost everywhere you go, but the front end is stuck in a very tight box. You know, there's not a lot of adjustability there. You know what I mean? Not as much as a C-Hub car. So I think a C-Hub car, if correctly operated, can be more versatile. You know, it can be adapted to different surfaces, which in A-Scale we run on all kinds of surfaces, sure. you know. So it seems like with a pillowball car, it needs a rear end that's more free, you know, because, like, you can't really dial in a ton of steering right. with a pillowball car. So the rear end always needs to be a little more free. So, which is fine if you can kind of find that balance, which it always is pretty balanced. But with a C-Hub car, it always has a lot more steering, so it's kind of, you can dial some traction into the rear. Or a C-Hub car kind of has more traction naturally right because the people engineering it kind of know that you know what i mean so it's i don't honestly really have a preference i think both have their qualities and both have their downfalls and we've obviously seen both platforms win a ton of races absolutely so it's just kind of like what i respect about this stuff is like if you know like well just recently speaking talking with techno like pillowball stuff came up and they're like, we're not making a pillowball car. And I was like, I like that. You know what I mean? Like that was just a, this is what we do. We're not going to go down that Avenue. We don't, not that they don't understand it, but it's just like, they're not going to venture away from what they've been doing for so long. Well, they know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what they know. So right it's now. like Mugen would never make a sea hub car, you know, cause they've been making a pillowball car from the fucking seven. Pretty much starting the pillowball, yeah. right? Um, like if you ever saw Kyosho, make a pillowball car right, something's wrong something's like wrong the universes you know? are so not aligning like these companies the companies that are the biggest names in the industry and have had success on so many different surfaces have always just stuck to what they know right you know and they win with it or they lose with it so it's just i i don't know like i said i think they're both equally competitive they're both the only downfall, I think to the pillowball car if i if there was one is that the front end is less adjustable yeah so, which is a good makes thing. it a little tougher to adjust, anyway. So, I mean, you yeah, put, but it also pull, makes it a good thing if you know for a consumer, like, oh, there's just less adjustments, right? You know, like work on the back. It is what it is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's ever gonna be an agreement. You know what I mean? Like to where there's always gonna be somebody like this, somebody like that. It's kind of Ford and Chevy. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I like use this that. Or you like that. I use that reference all the time. Yeah, well, it's Fords yeah. and Chevys. Right. I mean, and, and that's we get down to. You know, tires, chassis, it's all Fords and Chevys. Yeah. 
What you're looking for in the RC game is get referred to as a Ford or Chevy. Right. right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so I, before I forget, I, you said a minute ago uh, you didn't want to talk about hobby action. But I, I do want to say I respect the hell out of Larry and that whole crew, what they've done. I watched the whole process. I watched everything that was happening. Uh, I don't want to, like, just pass over that. Uh, as a track owner, I respect what they did. That Worlds was beautiful. Yeah. The coverage was great. Matt Olson did a fantastic job. I'm a fan, yep. you know. So I... I'm, I don't dislike anybody and I don't feel like anyone's competition. I'm me and they're them, but they did a fantastic job. And I don't, I don't know if anyone in the world can put on a better world. It, it really well, just I've been comes to a down lot of worlds. Efforts. I've never seen the amount of like love for that specific event put into one track. Sure. You know, like it, it showed it. it and I wasn't even there. It showed on TV. Yeah. It showed on YouTube. When I walked in, I was just like, Larry, what in the fuck got into you? Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of, I mean, uh, I can't forget to mention Bob from Stick It One. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's a sponsor of mine, but he's the one that turned all of Larry's ideas and dreams, and Bob threw in some of his own ideas, like turned it into, you know, reality and yeah. was able to print all that stuff and get it all done. And so, yeah, just as far as the group effort, I mean, as far as the, the people that, are involved with making hobby action what it is like we have a really great group of dudes that are passionate about that place and are yeah. willing to do that kind it of shows stuff. man yeah so not only is larry a very dedicated owner and when you have that kind of dedicated owner then you have this group of people that are willing to do whatever it takes you know and that's kind of what he's created there yeah so it's yeah great job and i don't really know if we'll see something like that again, I mean, obviously it's recreatable. Um, but yeah, they did a great job. I mean, we went Huddy arena, you know, that fantastic facility as well. Yeah. And there wasn't that kind of pageantry. No, the vibe know? was like dark. It just didn't look good. Yeah, I like, mean, great place, Awesome place. Of course. You know, but it just, it didn't have that love and care and like, you know, pride, you know, well, you just said the word pageantry and my first worlds was Spain. Yeah. And, they had the pageantry they like they the baldos rolled out the red carpet oh, they, it was beautiful they spent some dough to make sure that place was legit which was yeah. the next thing i was gonna say larry fucking spent his ass yeah. to make that place I, if larry made a dollar off the world no way I, no way he yeah. spent thousands yeah uh, and 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 that you know it kind of segues into something i wanted to ask you anyways but like that even goes into like roar nationals worlds if the people that take those on they're, they're doing not, it for passion. They're doing it from passion. Yeah. They're doing it to say, like, it was a bucket list as an owner yeah. to have it. It wasn't, I did it to make money. It wasn't. Well, Larry's crazy enough that he's had a Nationals there, and now Worlds, and he want, he would do another Nationals. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just like, bro. Yeah. Like, so, but they have a great hobby shop, and they make money on that side of things. But his passion is racing, and, you know, so, like, I get it. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, we could deep go deep dive into that bullshit if we wanted to, but that's where RC's kind of broken. It's like these tracks host these, the biggest events in the world and make no fucking money. Yeah. You know, like that's, like I said, that's a fucking well, conversation, but no, that's, I mean, like I said, I wanted to segue into this. It, I, I recently became competition director for roar and I'm learning a lot. So we can blame you now. Not for everything, <laughs> I know, only for joking. certain things. <laughs> but so I'm learning a lot as we go. And one of the things that's come up is, and that we're, I wouldn't say everyone's thinking the same thing. And I don't want to speak for everybody on the committee, 
but it is it has been said in the couple of meetings that I've been a part of um, to this date, you know, tracks aren't making money and there that's there's a reason why we're not getting the bids. It's a lot of work for very little return. If you just knew you could break even, you would might think about it. But a well, lot of people don't even know that. Because one of the biggest things is that almost everybody that's going to show up to a national or world championship is fully sponsored. Sure. They're bringing all their products with them. They're not going to spend a dime in the hobby shop. So the only way for tracks to make money on a situation like that is sponsorship dollars, which don't exist anymore because of streaming. It's going away. Yeah. Um, or mandatory tire sales. Right. Controlled tires. Or if they get a bigger piece of the pie from the entry fees. Right. You know what I mean? So you could raise the entry fees, which you would still get, you know, the top guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but you're going to weed out the guy, the, yeah. the privateers and the people that so it's are. like, I have no idea what the answer is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody does. But, yeah, there's a lot of reason why you see tracks host the nationals. I mean, there was, there was a, there for a while. I don't remember when exactly this was going on. But there was there for a while that, like, it was the track's last hurrah to hold a national championship. I remember when I first got into, when I opened my business up, the very first national that I watched on Live RC was Space Coast. They closed down the fucking week after. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you that, said. That happened a couple of years in a row. Yeah. We would go to this place, have a great time, great track, and then, then a month later they'd be closed. Yep. You know, so it was like it's maybe, like a death name. It was like the death sentence. Yeah, it was like a last ditch effort. Let's let's try to see if we can make some money at this, and then nothing. Right. You know, it just fucking went belly up. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I don't want anything to do with that side of things. You sure. know what I mean? As far as like being involved with Ifmar Roar or whatever, because I I think it's a thankless job. There's there's really no way to do it. You know, to where everybody's profitable. You know. But it seems like the majority of the money is kind of going to the wrong pot. I agree yeah. with that. Scotty Ernst had, uh, we talked about this a couple years ago when he first started doing Masters. He, had, he has a great outlook on this. He says, Roar needs to be built as a corporation and not as a, as a nonprofit. And the people that run Roar need to get paid as a job. And they, they get hired and fired. Based on their Based performance, their performance yeah. right? So, I mean, like, where does the, I mean, we all, we well, there won't used to dive be back in the day, there would be regionals, right? You know, and they would qualify you into the nationals. And then the, your track had to be like Roar sanctioned track. And there was like some pride that came with that. Do you, you think know? we need regionals back? I would think Roar needs just a governing body. Like, does NASCAR ever race at a non NASCAR affiliated track? No. No. You know what I mean? So it's like, there should be some a sanctioning body of involved through the entire year's racing. You know what I mean? Like any race, it's like, like start rating races, like a five-star race, Nitro Challenge, Desert Classic, um, Masters of Dirt, whatever. Like pick the, the, you know, the best races and then give them a rating. And then those events are roar sanctioned events. You use those events as a regional qualifier for a nationals or whatever. You know what I mean? And then those tracks are kind of more, um, working with roar roars more working with the industry there's some like give and take with this money system that's going on you know because like roar treats all these it seems like roar kind of treats they have you know they have i don't know how many national championships they have between all the classes eight i think seven now yeah so it's like it's just a money grab you know what i mean like they have these seven events they only have seven events a year and they try to get as many entries there as possible try to make as much money as possible to just continue to go on to the next year right you know what i mean so 
I'm sure the logistics of that is difficult for them, but it's if they were just involved somehow to where it was just a more, a bigger profit sharing, you know what I mean? A more uh, professional kind of outlook on this stuff, sure. you know? And they were involved more with the industry and worked directly with these companies to make sure these rules were in place. And all these companies, you know, obeyed these rules, you know, to where like we go to the worlds and we go to the nationals and we're like, oh shit, our car doesn't pass tech. Right. When was the fucking last time I went through tech? Right. You know, it's like, we should be going to tech at every fucking race, you know? I mean, I mean, I'm in the pro world. Like I know all of our cars are, we might be a little wide here and there. Our fuel tanks might have a CC in them too much occasionally at these events where nobody's like cheating. Right. You know what I mean? Like crazy anyways, but it's like, we should be going through tech. We should be doing this all the time and there should be a sanctioning body. But should there be a qualifier to even race in a national? Well, that's what the regionals would do. But it was. Yeah. But like, does that need to come back? That's what I'm asking. Like, in your opinion, you've been doing this. Uh, when did you well, start RC racing? there should be a change. I mean, we, I've I've raced a lot of nationals. I've won a lot of nationals. There was a couple of years ago that I didn't sign up on time and I had to basically get on my hands and knees and somebody's <laughs> to get into the nationals right because i missed the entries. I mean, you should have a freaking and uh, I'm like, what happened to the national provisional right you know what that's I mean? what i was like, about to say you should have a provisional like okay i get it i missed it but dude i was you know here or there or whatever and it was in california so the nationals filled up like 10 minutes right and i'm like well that doesn't really make sense that just means that this is a money grab now we're just like whoever signs up first wins they are there so it's like, are we really trying to figure out who the best driver in the world is or in, in America is? Right. And then based off that event, that's who goes to the world championship. So now we're trying to figure out who the best guys in the U- USA are, and they're going to go to the worlds. We lost that. You know what I mean? So do you do this two-part question? Do you do regionals to qualify for nationals, or do you do a national series so that you're not – especially like a scale, let's just say a scale, right? Do you do a three or four race series that are national points to, to crown a champion versus one event? I think, or you, do you do regionals so that everyone meets in one spot to race for a national championship? I mean, I don't really know the right answer. I think regionals would be good as far as maybe coming up with a list of alternatives for some sort of event. Does that make sense at all? Like you would. So I guess let me finish what I was going to say. Okay. So to determine a national champion, I think that it should be a series, right? Like, but I think you would. I think the best course of action would be to use existing races that all the people go to. Right. So if right. Like, if so these like races were DNC more, and right. and Psycho Nitro yeah. and all, where all the guys are like so already. If, if Roar somehow worked out a deal with these race promoters, which there's really two of them. You know what I mean? Say, Hey, we want to sanction your events as a roar sanction event and not go at it as a money grab, go at it as like, Hey, we just want to like be a roar sanction event. Use your platform that you've already created and, but use our rules and let's come up with a way to where there's, there's, we use these events as a national championship, um, five race series or whatever, but then there's still a national championship to determine the winner. So the points add up and then you have an Aurora national. You're right. So then I don't know what the regionals would do something to just like qualify you that would, cause that's what the local tracks used to have. Right. You know what I mean? Like they'd be like a regional 
you know, like Region 6, uh, whatever. What the hell they used to call those? They were regionals, weren't they? Yeah, they but just it, it was like a regional championship. But it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a right. regional it championship. It was just a regional championship. Yeah, but you qualified from that. Right. Top whatever in each class took you to nationals. So then maybe the year prior to this five-race series, those regionals let you qualify to be available or uh, have the option to race for that championship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you kind of got to qualify to get those opportunities. Right. Like you can still attend those events, but you're just not in the points. You know, you can sure. have a race within the race. Sure. You know what I mean? So the big thing with the promoters, though, is going to be the money side. So if Roar's needing anything out of it. Well, what the hell's Roar got to do anything? Well, they don't. Than, they don't. They don't need anything out of their event if they're just going to allow. If, well, if they Roar can, people don't need to be at those events. They just need to get. As long the, as there's tech or whatever. Yeah. Just get the promoters on board to like, hey. Use our rules, make this as official as possible. You know, and it'd be, it'd be, there's so many logistical issues there. Like PNB, there's fucking so many people. There's no way you're going to be able to tech all those people. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, Mate, yeah. But it's just something there to where it's, it's just a series and it's more legit and Roar's more involved. You know, maybe they just send one person to those events. Right. You know what I mean? And then you only tech the people that are in the points and or whatever. You know, where there's a will, there's a way. I'm sure there could be, yeah, yeah. you know. But, yeah, it sucks that there's only one race that figures out a national championship. There's because we see Europeans, they they do, like, a four-race in Spain, Italy, yeah. you know, all England. They all do, like, a three-, four-race, Mexico. Right. Whether we, you know, America, from what I've learned in my experience, which is a third of what you've been doing in, in this industry, what I've learned is America is the lion's share of sales in RC industry. Yeah. Okay. So the rest of the world looks at us for that, but we're not looking at what the rest of the world is doing with their, with that side of things, yeah. you know, with the racing side of things, you know, I mean, Joseph's been real, you know, and I don't want to go down that fucking rabbit hole, <laughs> but JQ has been real adamant about like less entries. Oh, you he know, has the right idea as more, far as like more track forming. time and yeah. stuff like that. Like yeah. I get that. But what I mean is they only run Nitro Buggy and they do these four race series and they crown a champion, you know, and that's great. I, I see value in that. Yeah. I also see value personally in like everyone shows up at the one track and the may the best man be the national champion. Like I, I see like both sides is, you know, Super Bowl is only a one game. Yeah. You know what I mean? You play all year to go to one game. Yeah. Um, so. It, but that and RC is the only fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, everything else is a series. There's a series. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just definitely in America, all these big events, you know, the promoter is there. They're putting on that event to make money. It's a business. It's a business. And it seems like some of the European stuff, the federations or the governing bodies make their money throughout the year. I don't really know how, but based off, you know, having some sort of, um, membership with them or, or whatever to where then they put on these events and it's just like that event is specifically there to find the best guy. There's not all these other guys there. There's only one class. Like here we race a hundred classes, right? You know, it's like the same car, but it somehow has eight different classifications. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just run buggy. We're so soft over here, man. We're yeah, like, I mean, everybody like, needs a trophy, which we need I get a sponsor. it. We know? need a sportsman, an intermediate, a 40 plus, a pro yeah. fucking now so some places, 50, 60 yeah. plus. Like I mean, what that's the fuck? That's kind of why like none of this shit would ever work because it's just, everybody wants this. 
Like in Europe, it seems like everybody's good with just, okay, I'm going to spend this money and I know I'm going to go there and get 118th. Yeah. Just, but I love it. I'm but I'm going to get it. 60, 70 minutes of track time versus, yeah. you know, maybe 30. But, you know, everybody here wants to go in and I get it. You know, people want to spend money and feel like they earn something at the end of the weekend, you know, but it's like, fuck, what do you earn? Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's, well, my favorite race in the world is the Chili Bowl. I don't know if you know anything about the Chili Bowl. I know a little bit. Yeah, And I'm not talking the RC race, which Scotty, you know, I love Scotty. Obviously, he's going to be here. But the actual Chili Bowl race is like. Scotty's announcing here? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's the man for Master Dirt. So Chili Bowl, the real race, the big car race, it's 400 fucking cars going for one win. Yeah, you know how much money those cars have in that yeah. fucking program? And you know how much they win? This year they finally raised the pot from ten grand to twenty grand, and that's that's pissing in a that's a yeah, that's nothing, nothing. Nothing. But the fact the the point is four hundred cars, whole week of racing, one winner. Right. Not ten classes of four hundred cars, you know, and that's why I love it. It's like, fuck. If we did that in RC, if you went, like that's why I think the nationals is like, it, dude. The nationals used to be kind of a little bit bigger than it is now, but a lot of people don't like that. You know, there's a lot of people that are actually pretty good. I don't want to just throw names out that would do really well at the Nationals. Like, make the C, potentially the B main at the Nationals, but they run fucking intermediate at all the other races so they yeah. can win. And that's it's a like, huge topic online. We see that you know, every time there's a race, like sandbag. But you can't, you don't, you wouldn't have pride. You wouldn't feel pride, you know what I mean, to come to the Nationals, do the best you, you can. Yeah. Go, shit, I got 21st. The Nationals, I'm the 21st best dude, dude in the nation. That's what I'm like, saying. That's pretty damn good. I went to Chico and made the one sixteenth. I was fucking ecstatic. What's the what's the actual number on that? I was like sixty something. Okay, well that's I was amazed. That's, that's I was, half. I was stoked. Yeah. Or no, maybe not sixty. Seventy something. I don't know. I, for me, I'd never been higher than like the thirty seconds. Yeah. So like I I I progressed. You know, it. I I'm all. So we have to keep in mind that this is a hobby for ninety nine percent of the people. Right. And so, like you but said, what other hobby do you do? That you get to take a trophy home. Like, if you go fishing, you're a hot, you're a fisher, fisherman. Yeah. How many fucking times do you get to go fishing and win a goddamn trophy? Rarely. I mean, usually... if you go race dirt bikes, you're not going to win no trophy. No. You know what I mean? Like, you're spending that money to just go do it. Right. But for some reason, we've just allowed this to be in the RC. It's a promoter issue. We've... And I'm not, I'm not saying it's the top promoters or whatever. I'd be curious to go if PMB just went like, hey, it's buggy, truck, e-buggy, e-truggy. Get fucked, everybody. Right. How many people would show up? I I mean, that's an experiment I'd love to see happen. I mean, Dave would never do it because he no. makes it killing. You and, know what I mean? And, and that's I'm, his business. I'll be the but. first person to say Dave and Joey deserve the money they make. They've Whoa, been they working their, their ass, ass off. Yeah. I'm not for, saying, I, I, yeah. I didn't mean to say money grabber. No, 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 like, no, no. But no, no, I'm not. And I'm not it's saying It's a business for them. You know? That's how they make and their they money. And they put on awesome events. 100%. Like, every event they do, I have a great time at. Yep. And you can see everybody else does too. And that's I think that's where this came from is it. They're they're trying to make everybody happy, right? Which is impossible, you know. Yeah. But they do the best they can. And we have they, a rule. I have a rule. My dad taught me this when I grew up promoting motorcycle racing. The rule is, if you can make fifty one percent happy, it was a success. Well, that's fifty one percent. It's not a bad rule. Because that's what you're trying to do. The yeah. majority, right? Fifty one percent is the majority. And it's racing. I mean, only one person's leaving happy. Yeah. Everybody else is going to be pissed. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, but everybody eventually calms down and like looks back on their time there and go, oh, that was a good event. Right. That was a great event. But you if know? they would keep that in their mind while it's happening, 
and not let it fucking ruin their weekend. You know how well, many people, people are I so see quick to get on the phone and just bash. Well, it's not even that like being at the race and how miserable some people get because they had one bad qualifier yeah. and their whole weekend's over. Yeah. Go drink a beer, dude, bro. Calm, calm down. down. It's a toy car. <laughs> like, I mean, it's our job. It's the way you make your money. It's the way I might make I a living. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, we're all just, yeah, you get what I'm saying. You got to, you've like, got to put it in perspective. You have to focus on it. Like it's your life. Like we do. We have to focus on it. like, like it's your life. But then at the end of the day, if shit goes wrong, you're just like, eh. You know, right. shit happens. It is right. what it is. Going you know? home to my family. Yeah, you know, like, I got fucking. I'm not. I'm healthy. If, other, you know? if, if more people had that, just like, all right, I did the best I could. It wasn't my day. But if people want to blame everybody, and then that's where all this shit comes from. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but it's a good perspective, man, and and that's what we miss. One of the reasons I started this podcast a year ago. This is actually our year anniversary. I started last year's Masters. And one of the reasons is like trying to get the perspective from the people that do travel every week. It's their living and see exactly how you guys see it and, and, and give like a window for people to see who you really are outside of just the racing. And everybody has said the same thing. And it's like, we, we do this for a living. However, you gotta be a realist about it. Yeah. You know, like it's a competition. You can't win them all. Right. You can't be up. I mean, you can be mad that you made a mistake or somebody fucked you out of a win or, you know, took you out when right. you were whatever. You can be mad, but you guys race each other every weekend yeah. at, at the top. So, well, I see most of these guys as damn near as much as I see my family. Right. You know, so if Brock takes me out, I mean, shit, I took Brock out at the Hoosier race. My fault. Pretty bad. Right. I watched <laughs> the video afterwards. I'm like, fuck my bad, dude. Like I should have waited. I didn't wait. And like after the event, you know, obviously it was, that was a kind of forced situation. Like we're in the same rental car, you know what I mean? <laughs> but we were good. You know, like it, it just, it, I'm gonna, he's, pro he's going to do that to me eventually at some point. Right. Spencer's going to do it to somebody. I'm going to do it to Spencer, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like just, but I've always given myself the, I go Marshall and that's my time to get over it. It's a good way to look at it. You know what I mean? Like I just go out on the track pissed off. Like if somebody tries to apologize to me on the driver's stand, just try not to acknowledge them and then just go onto the track Marshall, and then come back and just, you know, find that person and, like, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Hashtag no apologies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, there's certain <laughs> things that they go a little. I mean, when you get kind of dicked out of, like, $8,000 in 30 feet of a track, you might get a little pissed. More sure. pissed, right? Well, but once there, so money brings up a big point for me. So I don't. How do I take a commercial break? You need a commercial break? I need a commercial break. All right, I do too. Okay. Or you need yeah, pee? I got to piss. Yeah, go ahead. Quality. Precision. Passion. For servos, batteries, and fuel, go to NitroProRacing.com.
fuck is it? Mango flavored? Yeah. Oh, yeah. El Badrino. Interesting. It is very interesting. Yo, they everybody get... understands this is a kick it and chill. I don't want... Bro, this is this is off the wreck. This is like not business. This is hanging out. Yeah. No one so far nobody nobody that's been on here has told me they got in any kind of trouble or whatever. Plus nobody watches it, so who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. All right, so we were uh before we took a commercial break, and I, I hope we have a commercial that I'll throw in the middle of that. I don't fucking know. But I wanted to tell you, and I want I would love to know your opinion, because obviously with the um the visions race just popping up, you know, it's a it's a new thing and it's happening. I have always been very against advertised purses. And I the reason being is because I came from racing where money was everything that's what everyone went for it's the biggest purse they travel and next thing you know every promoter has to up the other promoter this track that track blah 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 yeah so i do throw money for instance we've got two dash for caches at masters of dirt and then we do our hooligan race but the thing is it's nobody knows who's going to be in them we don't they're not advertised purses right so what is your opinion on advertised purse racing and I mean, from one spectrum to the other, like from amateur to pro from, you know, whatever, like, what do you think about it? I think you open, there's a lot of things. You just said so many different things. I think there's two, there's for sure two different ways to kind of do a first race. And I think the worst way to do it is an advertised first race race. Like you just said, like. Um, okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. What's so funny about the pro class is that we literally race for fucking money every time we're racing. Right. Every time, right? And I'm not going to say how much money, you know, we make, but like that Visions race, people might know the amount, you know what I mean? Like that big amount, like if you win all three, you got to win it's everything. Like 14 grand or something like that. We're not making that kind of money. Right. You know, but if you win the overall, like, that's kind of a normal-ish amount of money that you would win at this event if you won, you know, say two out of the three classes, right? Based off your sponsorship bonus money. So you're always making, there's always the, not always, but that kind of money is the opportunity, of, yeah. right? So we're, we're always racing each other for money. But for whatever reason, when it comes to this, like, oh, I'm going to get a big check at the end of the week, like hand it to me, oh, I might get some cash handed to me. It makes everybody lose their fucking mind. Right. Which is the advertised purse. Yeah. That that's I have what... no idea why. It doesn't ever make sense. No. You know, like it's like, dude, we're literally racing Nitro Challenge and like, you know, so like case in point, like the between Ty and I at the Visions race that one year, I was like, that move was maybe questionable on his part. Maybe I did something wrong. I don't really know. But I know for a fact if it was coming down, if it was five minutes to go at the Nitro Challenge, none of that would have happened. Because there wasn't the advertised purse I don't on know. the end. I, don't, I have no idea why. Either way, if me or him would have been racing for the Nitro Challenge win, there's still a big pot of money there to win from your sponsorship, guys. Right. But that wouldn't have happened. It never. It doesn't usually happen. Now, it does happen on the last lap. It can happen on the last lap at those events. But for that to happen with five or ten minutes to go, the only reason I think that happened is because, you know, we're racing for that pot. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just like shit always happens in right. those events. So I that's why I don't so like So I'm not it. saying Ty did something wrong. I'm just, we, that was just the most recent thing. Right. right. So 
but it, it does happen. It's it's just I don't understand why. So then there's other races like you, what you just said. You guys do your Hoonigan race and whatever. What was the other thing you said? We do two dash for caches. Dash. So you're just kind of like randomly throwing like, okay, this race is worth 500 bucks or whatever. Right. Those are kind of more fun. You yeah. know, you're like, oh, shit, cool. And then people take each other out, but it's just a more light atmosphere. Right. You know, like, but they didn't come here for that money. No, they didn't. They didn't plan that race weekend. By the way, this tequila is maybe kind of burp a little bit. So sorry if you can hear that through the mic. It's okay. It's okay. It's I, I'm glad you're trying it because I've talked about it a lot. It's definitely so far. So one I don't of my take favorites. shots. And Brand was like, "You want to show tequila?" I'm like, "No, I'll sip on it a little bit." So I'm just sipping on it, and it's making me burp. But it's We're, pretty good. For those who watch this religiously, all I don't know how many of you. Uh, this is the El Padrino, the mango flavor, fucking great, so good. But yeah, that that's to me. I watched basically dirt oval go-kart racing go to hell in a handbasket because it all came down to going racing for money used to be able to race you know for a couple hundred bucks on a weekend maybe bring home your you know what you spent and then it turned into got to have three thousand dollars in tires to win five grand right if you win the five grand yeah and then people taking each other out because it's five grand yeah um and then way more than that but I, I don't want to see RC, and it's not just the racers taking each other out. The worst part about it is the tracks and promoters. If one guy does it, the next guy says, oh, fuck you, I'm going to do this. And yeah. it's this person. And now entry fees go from $100 to go to a big race to 150 or 200 because now you're racing for two grand to win or yeah. whatever. And now it's outpricing the hobby. I think it's, I, I mean, I guess if there's money races, like I think it would be, it would be cool if there were more events that paid out like the classes that the guys are racing that aren't getting paid to be there. Does that make sense? Like, so I guess here, like, you know, shit, I don't even know what the fuck classes are going on here. So like, what's there's tool mod. Yep. And there's 17, five, zero 17, five pro. No. Okay. So it's just 17, five. Right. So, so like there's some 17, five guys that actually get paid. Sure. You know, which is stupid to me, but whatever no big business it, now yeah. though i mean it's a big class I mean, a lot of a lot of motors getting sold so i kind of get it so maybe those lower divisions kind of get the option to win some money at some of these events you know what i mean like thousand bucks for the winner or whatever you know what i mean to where well, the, the top guys like me yeah, we're, we're already we're already well we might not necessarily be getting paid to be at this event but it didn't cost you anything to be here it didn't cost me anything to be here right you know what i mean so and then my sponsorship, you know, my sponsors, there's a, an opportunity to make a little bit of bonus money, right? And so that would be more cool. Like, I think a lot of the pro guys would be into that. You know, like, I think they would be on board with that. They would want to go to these events because we're still going to make money, but it'd be fun to kind of watch that and watch the Doug LaRiviere. How the fuck do you say his name? LaRiviere. <laughs> okay, LaRiviere. <laughs> Mason Templeman's the what whoever the you know the top stock guys like take a little home take money home right you know like and 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 it would be interesting to see those guys racing kind of under that pressure because we're always racing under that pressure you know what I mean like yeah. oh shit now there's money involved which maybe there is for those guys I don't even fucking know but I mean it's did definitely you, different did you, know? you see or so I did I did my first purse race for the RC Pro Am. And the way that we did it, so I'm, I'm so glad that you're saying what you said because the way we did it was, okay, we're paying 1000 to win, 500 250 for second and third. 
in e-buggy and nitro buggy both right and the way i made it happen was the pros got to draft an intermediate and a sportsman but the sportsman points at how they finished in their mains was way higher than intermediate and intermediate was higher than pro the pro was relying on the sportsman and the intermediate to do well. well who got the money at the end the pro got the money but it was supposed to be about because I don't pay amateurs. In my opinion, if you want to be, if you want to make money, you race pro. Right. That's how I feel about it. You guys do get paid. That this is your business. If you guys, if if you go out and take out Dakota, you got one coming, yeah. and vice versa, right? So I guess what I was saying was is kind of anti. I'm I'm going I'm being a hypocrite on my own because I was saying pay the lower class, but I was just saying why do we have all these lower classes? <laughs> True. So, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know. It's just every time you fucking involve money, it's difficult. I agree. I think it brings out the worst in people. Yeah. That, I mean, in the racing world, money brings out the worst. Yeah. I mean, it just, but even with NASCAR, it's like, dude, I watch, I'm a huge NASCAR fan. And it's like, you watch these dudes every week. They're racing for fucking millions of dollars every event. Yeah. But then at the all-star race, there's a million dollar purse at the end of the line. And then you'll just see. The gnarliest they lose moves, their mind. the craziest takeouts, and it's just like, it's made for TV. Yeah, you know what I mean. It makes it more spectacular to watch, and yeah. that's kind of like, I I think Brandon Rody knows that. Like back to visions, it's like, hey, that shit's gonna be on TV. It's gonna be on Mav TV. So it's like, if we're gonna throw all this money at these dudes. Like that's what's gonna make them. We get need amped that. up, right? You know? Which is good. And it's, it's good for that aspect of it. And luckily right now, it's just kind of like staying at that one event. You know what I mean? Like that one event, we can kind of do that. Um, but honestly, if that if if that altercation didn't happen that year, it probably isn't worth the shit. Honestly, I mean, I, mean, I don't the, know. The I, what was, I was pissed is I watched the TV coverage and like I watched it and I was kind of bored a little bit watching it. And so I fast forwarded to the end and I was like really hoping they were going to show me make a jackass of myself on live TV or on TV. I'm like, man, I'm going to look like a dipshit right now, but I'm somebody's going to, some people are going to enjoy this. You know what I mean? They didn't show any of it. And that's, they, they missed the mark. Yeah. They they missed it. There was no interview afterwards. You know, like, you know, when people get in a fight on NASCAR, they chase them down and they fucking interview both parties and they get both sides. You know, their fans can argue online and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I really wish that would have happened because it's like that happened organically, right? right? Like that whole situation was just, you know, a bummer. You know what I mean? Like me and Ty are good now, but like it happened and we've, that would have probably happened at any event, but it happened there. It was on TV. Like, man, I wish they would have caught that. Right. You know, because I was looking forward to seeing it, even though I was the dipshit in the situation as far as the physical aspect of it. But I was thinking, I'm like, man, if I was ever going to be an asshole, like this is the right time, you know, like maybe, <laughs> maybe this got some, you know, kind of traction on this TV thing. Well, it whatever. definitely built up a, a whole new line for you and Jason. With well, the yeah, no apology I mean, side we definitely of sold some shirts off of that, which, <laughs> which is cool. But, but I, I think we need more of that. I, I'm not going to, uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite myself. But I think that's what would like. We do need personalities. And that if there was TV coverages that kind of highlighted that stuff, which I know that's what their goal is with that. And again, it's money and time and logistics, but you know, like a supercross and NASCAR and whatever, like they're, they're selling not just the product that they're putting on the track, but they're selling the people, the yeah. drivers, the riders, 
the football players or whatever. It's like yeah. you see these. You, so that's how you get people that are really fans. It's like, oh, shit, I can relate with this guy. Absolutely. You know, and like, oh, and now I'm watching him perform at the highest level in the thing that I'm addicted to. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Or whatever. 100%. If so, you don't have something to root for, someone to root for, you have nothing. Right. That a sport, a hobby, a, a, you know, anything that's competitive, if you're not rooting for somebody, it's it's not worth watching. Yeah. No one's no one's paying attention. Right. Yeah, you I mean, know, if you're not a fan of it, you, your your attention span is nothing. You know what I mean? Like you, like I'm not really that into football because I don't really pay attention to it. And they would probably do a better job of putting their like their guys' personalities out there and like get to know who these dudes are a little more. You know, maybe I don't know. But like super, I don't don't really watch enough. So I guess, I guess I can't really comment, but like Supercross, they, they do a good job of that. Like dirt sharks. Great to watch. You know what I mean? Kind of see the behind the scenes shit going on. So, but in RC, it's like anytime there's a camera put in front of our face, it's always at that professional level. So like everybody backs down their personality. It shouldn't be right. Well, we're never really like, this is probably honestly one of the first times I've ever just been able to, I might get some backlash, but whatever. Fuck you know, like there's a camera there and I got a microphone here and I just feel like I'm just talking. That's whatever. what it's for. Right. That's, that's the beauty of so, this. And, and that's like what, you said, nobody fucking listens anyways. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> this will be the most watched one that we have. <laughs> no, that's, but the problem we have right now is like, you guys need to be able to be you. Yeah. But then the internet fucking destroys us. Fuck the internet. I so agree, I agree, but the, I, co- the companies I've, I've gotten backlash on the internet. I've been fined. Never been suspended, but I've been fined. I've had talkings to, I've had this, I've had that. And it's like, well, dude, it's a passionate situation. You know, like when you're in the heat of the moment and you're a passionate person, your worst traits are going to come out. Absolutely. Right. And it happens in everything. So, and I've never, nobody's ever kind of held me back. I'm not saying that, but I know a lot of people that go that, you know, in this industry that really hold back. Yeah. And I think it holds them back on the track as well. I don't like it. I'm just going to tell you I don't like it at all. Not one fucking bit. And I'm going to tell you right now. Like, I got a question. When you sign with a company like Techno, and I'm trying not to be super specific, but I want to kind of like a broad. I'm, I'm trying well, to go I'm here right here. now, so that's fine. Yeah. But if you sign with a company like Techno and they hand you a contract, it says, because I know nothing about this. Very little anyway. And they hand you a contract and you read through it and you're like, well, look, I want to be able to be myself. I want to write in here that I can't be fined or, or anything for speaking my mind in an interview, like after a race. That would never happen. I mean, there's obviously things that are very detrimental to a company, right? Like what? Like this car sucks? Yes. Okay. Yes. And and an ultimate professional is not going to say my techno sucks, right? Well, but you could say... This fucking guy. Well, not comes- even that. There's just clauses in the con in, in every contract. Any contract I've ever had, there's always clauses that just basically like actions detrimental to the overall appearance of the company or uh, company's uh, likeness, likeness and all that. Whatever right. you know. So it's like, but that's in every contract. Sure. You know. So it's like you. But is it up for interpretation, or is it like it's listen, a, it's obviously? Do you up for walk in and say to, to when you're when you're getting ready to sign a new deal? Do you walk in and say, "Listen, I'm I'm who I am," and when I get interviewed and after a race and I just lost national championship because I got took out, I might say something, and I don't want to be fucked with when I say it. Well, or or it depends is, on 
no. I think I've, you know, I've read all my contracts, obviously, before I've signed everything. And they're all basically the same. It's kind of more of like when you're talking to the guy that's giving you the contract face to face and you're what they're saying. Like, like I've a mutual always, understanding. Yeah, I've always been a guy that like um, I, I would rather talk. Like I said earlier, I'd rather talk on the phone. I'd rather meet you face to face. I'd rather have these conversations face to face. And then what you present me. You know, maybe there's something specific in there and I go, hey, what about this? And they go, dude, we're just covering our own ass. Like, you do you. You know, and that was kind of like how techno was. You know, like, they're just like, look, we got to cover our own ass on a couple of these things. So if you basically, if you get completely fucking out of control, you know what I mean? Like, we have legal recourse to go, no, right? So then it's on you to know that you're not going to do that. You know, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Right. You know? And to get completely out of control is like, you got to really be bad. Well, we're not you, talking throwing fists and stuff. We're talking like, if you were mad. The worst thing you can do is like, come off the driver's stand from a bad race and somebody shows you, shoves a camera in your face and you just start going off about the car. Right. Right. Like the car sucks or the motor sucks or the tires sucked or whatever. Like those brands pay you. Yes. Those are your, that's your livelihood. So like. If you word it correctly, you're like, man, my car just wasn't feeling right. Or these tires, I picked the wrong tire. You know what I mean? Like, you can kind of blame what you want to blame if you just come across more kind of eloquently. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, NASCAR, like you said, you're a NASCAR fan. So, like, if Kevin just, Harvey comes off and says, my pit crew sucked, my car didn't handle good, we suck today. Yeah. Like, you know your equipment's like good, but you had a bad day. Right. It's like you kind of, like spin it in a way to where you make it about us right it's like okay hey my tires weren't right i picked the wrong tire they didn't have any fucking grip but i drew i didn't drive that great i maybe put the wrong well you just you gotta put be, all the blame on the tire yeah you put you just, on you and the tire. you gotta just be careful about it. you just can't come off and like man my fucking engine was terrible but are you allowed to come off and say this fucking guy just wiped me out yes i, w I can't wait to see yep. him at the next yep. one you know that's what yep. we need more of and yep. it's it's not that but we, we don't ever have a camera in our front of our face walking off the driver's stand. We need more of it. Yeah. You're going to have don't. it this weekend. We don't. So, I mean, we always have time to make sure that like what we say is correct. And, you know, and a lot of the, I mean, we wouldn't, none of us would ever say that. I mean, trust me, there's times where <laughs> you want to go off about a certain thing, you know right. what I mean? And just, but you can't, you just, that's the professionalism part. You have to just chill. So, but then when you're back drinking beers with your boys, you're just like, motherfucker. But holding holding a, somebody with personality back, I think, actually hurts the company because you have fans and they know who you are and they want to know the real. Well, if anybody knows who me who I am, like I, I don't really hold back. I might spin it a little bit, but if I'm getting interviewed about a bad event, which that's the kind of the shitty thing about it is, you never have that side of it. You know, there's not like a TV broadcast like at the Worlds. You know, Mod did a great job. I'm not saying they didn't do a good job. Sure. But what I'm saying is there was no, like, they should have went and interviewed Spencer after that amazing race that him and Ongaro had in the four-wheel drive. I thought he was going to get him. Uh, I mean, I did too. One more but lap. Like, one more lap. Oh, I mean, how awesome would have that have been? Yeah. You know, one dude got Ongaro, the other dude got Spencer. And you got to get him right off the right driver's stand. fucking then. Right then. Like, that's literally what everybody else does. Like, we want to hear from both sides. Like, you want to hear some shit. Yeah. You want to hear the guy's personality. Spencer just lost the world's home track. And a lot of people don't realize this. 
But that's his place. That's fucking hobby action. That's Spencer's track, right? Yeah. He just lost that race to a dude that has never been there. Yeah, and only built that car a week ago. And it was his teammate. <laughs> and he ran Spencer's setup. The setup, exactly. And he built it when he got there. Oh, my dude, God. Dude, the amount of emotions it was running through Spencer. Like, I mean, I was close. I was in the whole circle. And I felt fucking terrible for the kid. Like, he, man, rough. Right, rough right the interview would have been spectacular it right. would have been so much better like because i know spencer has a good personality and he would have held back some but i don't know if he would have been able to he would have said some things that would have been awesome yeah you know what i mean like it would have been obviously he's on the bummer side of things but still, he's pretty pc but you at least you'll get the but if you emotion. get somebody in the right time yeah like it was it's all be about good. timing you're right yeah you so, got to get it right then. Yeah. So it's like we don't ever have that. We don't have the uh, winner versus loser thing. You never have that. All you ever hear about is from the winner. Right. You know? And so when you hear about shit going down, like people getting in fights or like getting in arguments, it's just, it's by accident. You know? Like it's just the camera happens to see that. Right. You know? And then it's a big deal. Right. Because it's like, it doesn't, people don't see that all the time. But that shit happens every fucking week. It does. And I mean, we need more of it. And, and not the, I don't want to call it like drama, but we need the personalities. It, like I said, you got fans. Dakota's got fans. Spencer, Tebow, Lutz. Like, there's names that you guys all have a following. People buy cars and motors and tires because of you. We need to hear more yeah. ab- from you, sure. you know? And you're right. Like, you're, you're, you're an exception. You give pretty much honest feedback when you are interviewed like I there's hold, i hold back some but i don't as much as some right you know, like you're more of a i would say quote unquote real person when you're on the microphone and i think a lot of it is because i don't go on the internet i don't really look at facebook i don't really look at instagram i i mean i do but it's not for rc stuff i just kind of scroll and check shit out but i don't really care what people are saying i know I, it's know? the best way to be like i could care less if you like me or you don't like me like i know who my friends are i know who re- like i i don't care yeah you know if some dude living in his mom's basement is talking shit about me i could care less <laughs> you know? i've always like, said dude like if i didn't have to have a business page i wouldn't have a personal page right. and you can't have a business page without a fucking business without well, a personal you can pay page somebody to take care of it I know. Well, I don't pay Jason, but Jason basically well, does. My yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I knew. Yeah. But still, the fact is, I don't have that 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 uh, beautiful symbiotic relationship where I have somebody or. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky as far as that goes. For yeah. sure. Yeah, but he but knows also that. Fuck the fucking if, Facebook. If I was involved, it would be like, or if I was doing it, it'd be like, if I won, it'd be like I won post, <laughs> right? I lost post, you know, and then be like, fuck this. I wouldn't answer anybody's questions. You know, like I just, I just, I don't like how much fucking access everybody has. It's just, it's it's kind of too much. It's made gangsters out of pussies. Is what it's done. You know how much like information there is now. If you're willing to actually look how much more information there is on the internet for these RC cars or for anything. If you're just, but everybody wants the quick answer. Like they want a message that they can direct message you. And if you don't give them the setup sheet they're looking for, you're a dickhead. It's like, motherfucker, it's on the website, dude. Like all you got to do is go to the website. It's there. Why do I have to send it to you directly? I just got done telling (laughs) fucking Kevin Abbott, who's a dear friend of mine, says, I forget what he, he said, something about the schedule. He said, what time something, something about Masters of Dirt? Literally. 
I said, have you looked at the flyer that I spent a whole day fucking making? Right. Look pretty. Fucking <laughs> read well. Yeah, I tried at this, buddy. <laughs> I fucking put it in writing. Everything for the week. He's like, I didn't look at it. And I was that's like you said, the information. It's there. I post the flyer. No one reads it. Why even make it? Yeah. Do I just put masses of dirt? Well, because if you didn't make it, you'd have 200 people asking you that question. <laughs> right? So, like, you make it, but the... Okay, so one guy did it, and it pisses you off, and he just happens to be your buddy. No, but, it's not one guy. But that you're yeah, right. You're right, too. Like, the volume, you're right. right. It's, it's not a bunch, but anybody that asked me, I just sent them a picture of the flyer. Right. Oh, and most of the responses I get, oh, I should have looked at the flyer. Like, why did I even make it? Right. You know, you didn't even look at it. Well, I mean, it's just... It just did. I don't know. It's laziness. Well, Entitlement. And you just started a company. Maybe you just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, the, the, we need more. I don't want to say dramas and like shit drama, fake drama, but having personalities clash is okay. Yeah. We should we we should spotlight that because without that, the pros there's when you when you get to that level. That's where everyone strives to be. Everyone wants to be paid to do it. Everyone wants to take their hobby to the next level, but they're not going, not everyone's going to. When you're at that level, it should be highlighted, spotlighted. It should be very much the thing. Yeah. That's what we should all be watching. We shouldn't, everyone says we need more video of the sportsmen and, and the intermediate guys at like PMB or whatever. It's not, the, it's not the case. If you want that time, put in the work. Get the pro. Well, when I tune into Supercross, like I don't watch two fifties much, or I mean whatever. Like, what's the fucking shit before that? Like, there's the three number riders out there on the track too. Yeah, I don't know? watch any of that. Yeah, I don't watch any of that. I, I could I care less. Personally, like the to only watch reason the pros. that you're involved with that is because you're kind of involved with them and like, oh, I know this guy, right? Like, I want to watch this dude or some shit like that. Yeah, you Fords know? and Chevys. He runs a Suzuki yeah, or a Honda or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's just like so. If we wanted this industry to grow, it's like, yeah, they need to highlight that stuff. You know what I mean? And there there are there are great personalities involved. You know what I mean? Like I I would say I'm pretty fucking crazy. You know, like yeah. especially if somebody's like, Hey, you can just do whatever you want. Fuck, that'd be a problem. But <laughs> you know, it it'd be entertaining, right? It'd be. And I know Cavalry's the same way. Brock, you know, Brock can fucking pipe up. Shit, Dakota's really quiet, but that dude's told me to go fuck myself a couple times. And every time it happens, I'm like, whoa. Dakota's the 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 silent monster. Yeah, dude. I mean, like same with Spencer, same with Dustin. Like all these dudes have this fiery side. They're racers, right? Yeah. And if if everybody got to hear that and like saw, you know, it'd be way more entertaining. I agree. And people would like it, you know. But yeah, you just like I said, you don't ever get the camera in your face when you had the bad run. Right. You know, like it's only when you win. It would suck, right? As far as the competitor side, I would be pissed. But that's when <laughs> you're going to say what you want. Yeah. Even if I say, get the fuck away from But me. your followers want to hear that. Yeah. They want to hear your mean, like Kyle about... Busch walking away and he's just pushing the camera away. It's like, you know, NASCAR. I don't know if people know Kyle Busch. People know who Kyle Busch is. But like he's walking away. He's like <laughs> fucking pushing the camera out of his face. Like, I love it. I love that. Like, he, I, I'm so pissed. I don't have time for you right now. Yeah. You know, like if that happened in RC, that'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, we need more personalities. Yeah. So it's like, you need good guys, you need bad guys. And the only way you get to that point is if, you know, you know what I mean? Like you just know 
what these guys are doing. I just hope the companies behind them will let them be who they are. That, which goes back to what I was asking you before. It's like, yeah, I don't. I think basically if you're not directly bad mouthing a bat product, then they're okay. And as long as you're not like getting in fist fights and destroying the product and just outright being a, a shithead. Yeah. But you're just being you in the heat of the moment. There's no way these companies would be pissed about that. And they shouldn't be. Because either way, it's publicity. Right? Exactly. You know, so it's I like, always heard there's a there's a, there's a famous phrase. It's like there's no there's no bad or there's nothing. I get what you're saying. There's I know no bad publicity. Right. I think is what it is. Or yeah. Whatever. I, I'm. I, there's a probably a, yeah. a really good phrase. But if you're just out outright bad mouthing a specific product that's going to potentially affect sales, you know what I mean? That's not good. Right. Obviously, you don't want that. Well, but techno or any brand that you're running doesn't want you to bad mouth what you're running because right. they're paying you to run it. However, for you to be mad at somebody else for an action that happened or uh, something. There's no way any of these companies would be, I know for a fact they would not be upset if everything stayed within a certain boundary. Yeah. Right. So in the heat of the moment, if there was a fist fight, right. And somebody, whoever threw the first punch, that person might be fined by their company, you know, like, a little bit of fine because they're an aggressor right the dude that defended himself there's no way you were defending yourself yeah right but if both people are just yelling at each other about a, something that went down on the track eh. you need more of it but if you're out there hucking your car off the jumps and like cutting the track and trying to take somebody out yeah that's not good that's yeah. not a good look right and then if you come off and you're just straight blaming the product and you're just you know highlighting one thing that you felt kept you from the win that's not good you know, but if these companies aren't going to prevent you from being you and having emotions and being in the moment and stuff like that. So, but like I said, that we're not ever put in those positions. And when we are and it's caught on camera, it just happens to happen. Right. So then when it does happen and it does get publicly broadcast, it's a fucking major deal. Yeah. Which and, we saw at the Visions race. Right, it like, turned into like this yeah i'm just like two months long of people wondering yeah. what was going to happen right and, and it's just like well that shit happens all the time yeah and by the time you you and ty were at the next event it was almost over yeah. it was basically I mean, there like was still the internet was still fighting each other and me and ty were fine mm. <laughs> you know what i mean so because they just don't realize that it happens all the time right you know i mean you guys are all not between ty and i but just it just happens that the, that driver we're racing yeah and you guys are at the top, so you're going to see each other nose to tail yeah. at some point right. on a regular basis. Right. I want to uh, I want to switch gears because I want to know I want to know a little bit more about. I know it's a fucking totally abrupt switch, but I want to know more about like Ryan Mayfield not at the racetrack. What are What do you do for fun? Uh, what do you do when you're not on the clock? When you're not testing? When you're with your family? Or when you know what is your your pastime? Uh, well, I've kind of done a little bit of everything. I've always been, I'm not anymore just because of family and time and stuff like that, but like going to the sand dunes, I've had side by sides, uh, for a long time. Um, I, well, I kind of grew up going to the sand dunes with my parents and my dad had a buggy and I rode a quad and a dirt bike in the dunes going camping. Like I'm, I'm I like the outdoorsy shit, you know what yeah. I mean? But I like a, 
something with a motor involved at the same time. Um, I hate fishing. Fuck, I can't stand it. So boring, man. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been trying to learn to fish, and it's just not me. Yeah, I just, I mean, I get, I get it, but uh, I just can't do it. Right. Too much quiet. So yeah, and uh, so yeah, I've always, uh, I love, like, I take my family camping. I've always gone to the dunes. Not really doing that anymore. I, got, I was into mountain biking for a long time. I have, I just have some guns. I got into that for a little bit. Um, shit, I flew RC airplanes. For a long time not a long time but i got into that that was cool um but yeah just right now i guess uh the biggest thing i did before kids was go to the dunes i had the side-by-side stuff that's what took up my you know that was my hobby you know mm-hmm. that's what i love to do and working on that stuff I'm, I'm pretty mechanical like any lift kit that goes on any of the trucks i've had i've had i've done it myself i've done my house you know like not, not everything in my house but um i'm hands-on you know i want to build shit i like doing that you know um so nowadays, I have two kids. I have a wonderful wife. Um, I have a son and a daughter, and I uh, race RC cars. Come home and we have a free weekend. My wife just started a salon, so she's a hairstylist. Nice. So well, she's she was working for a salon, and now she's doing her own kind of booth rental thing. Her and her friend kind of ran a space, so she's kind of transitioned into her own boss. So that's taking up some time, you know, kind of getting that going. I bought a boat this year. Um, what kind of boat you get? It is a Yamaha. It's a Yamaha. Like a ski boat or a, yeah, it's like, like a, a bow rider? Or? Yeah, it's, I don't know what the fuck it is. It's a twin engine, open bow, you know, nothing crazy. Okay. You know, it's a 22-foot boat, but it hauls a lot of people around. It hauls beer, which I'm into. I put a little stereo I'm in a it. pontoon guy. Yeah. All about beer. Yeah. All about hauling people. I can put my Yeti in the back. I put a sub and Amen. some speakers. It sounds good. Party. Yeah, the kids love it. Um, what what more is there to life than fucking racing and fucking going on the water? Like to me, well, you know, that's the boat, life. The boat's a lot of fucking work. Nah, nah it's a lot nah, of work, nah. man. I love the fucking boat. You can't let just. I would come home from the dunes and just put that buggy in the garage, and it'd be dirty for months, bro. You know, doing it wrong. I know, but the boat you have to. <laughs> fuck. So there's always time. It's always a time. You go to Havasu or where you go? I, well, I went this year with the Westergaards and the, uh, Dylan Nelson, you know, those yep, guys. Yep. Um, so that was cool. And then when I came home, we were talking about buying a boat and then we went there and the kids loved it. And I'm like, ah, fuck, I guess I'm buying this boat, you know? <laughs> so we bought a boat and then we used it a ton this summer. We used it. Shit. I think we were out 15 times, you Good. know? So that's what was cool about that is that it, it's uh, when you go camping or go to the dunes or side by side or whatever, it's like kind of a weekend deal. Right. It's really hard to plan those kinds of things, especially with our schedule. So this boat was good because it's just like wake up in the morning. I got four or five lakes around me within an hour or so. Okay. So we just hook it up and go, you know? So, so do you, what is your schedule like though? Like, so if you have a race week, okay, what, what are your day? Do you have like planned days off? I mean, like, or? so I, uh, well, Travel home Monday. Travel home Monday. So basically, I typically leave on a Wednesday, come home on a Monday. And that's not every week, obviously. But I would say it's at least, well, it'll, on average, it's two times a month that you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so I guess if I go to an event on Wednesday, like this week, I go to, I came here today. This is Wednesday. Fly home Monday. Get home sort of as early as I can. I get home at like 10 or so. And um, have some family time. You know, basically, I, I, I try to always, I try to get home on Monday as early as I can. Sure. Um, and then all of Mondays, my wife doesn't work Monday. Um, my son gets out of school at one, so we can just have like a good little family day there. Um, Tuesday, I do ordering or 
um, just preparations for whatever the next week is working on cars, Wednesday, the same thing. Like basically if I'm home and I'm in the garage working, you know what I mean? Like getting the next shit ready for whatever the next race is. Um, but then I got, a, I got school pickup, cooking dinner, whatever, you know, my wife works as well. So it's definitely a 50, 50 job in our household as you know, who's doing the chores, who's not doing the chores, whatever. Sure. She's out working as well. So, um, and then on to the next race, basically. And then if we have a free day where we're both, then we try to go do something, you know. Do you so, try to keep X amount of weekends open a year? Like, is that your, your like, contract or, like, your your mindset? Uh, not really. But, I mean, there's there are. You know, there's obviously weekends that we know are going to be open. And we look at and just try to plan something. You know what I mean? Like, nothing crazy. I mean, we go camping. So, it's like you hook the trailer up, go camping for a few days. Um, if we were trying to involve like Jake there, my buddy's best friend, if we want them to go camping with us, then we try to like schedule that out, you know, a couple months in advance, just so everybody can get on this. That's the hard part is that your schedule is not going to align with a, my, another yeah, right, racetrack, right, you know, like that's right, tough. That's right. tough. So it's like, we have friends that aren't into this industry. So it's like, you know, they go, Hey, we're going here. We're going there. Well, we have to just be, we're just like, oh, we actually have this weekend off, so we're going to go. Right. Right. So then it's tough to kind of like, so we've, I've basically found myself like, I have a good little friend group at home that involves all these young little pricks that race RC cars, like <laughs> Spencer Rifkin and Jackson Brunson, Truy, Mike Truy's around, and yep. the Denny's and, you know, Jake Thayer and his family. So it's like sometimes our schedules, basically most of those dudes and my schedule are about the same. Sure. So we do a lot of with those guys, you know, like have dinner at my house or their house or whatever. So I love entertaining. I love having people at the house and everybody's invited all the time. Um, basically every day somebody's there, you know, between Spencer, Jackson, Jake, Truy, everybody, you know, so Tanner. So it's, we have a good little community in Arizona. And then if I can involve those dudes in the extracurricular shit I'm doing, like going camping and boating or whatever, then we do, you know? Sure. Um, so, yeah, we try to have, you know, a normal life, I guess. You're able to have that mix, though. Yeah. Professional and home yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, we're not. I mean, I'm not traveling every week. You know, there's no way I could do that. Do you but, put in, and, and I'm, once again, getting kind of personal, but do you put in your contract, like, I need 10 weekends off a year or no. five weekends? Or you just... No, because there's only so many events, right? And it's like, honestly, we probably, if the company wanted you to, you probably could fucking do something every weekend. Right. You know, there's a ton. Oh, no, of you 100% could every you 100% weekend. 100% could. And so I don't really club race much because it's just, I actually don't club race at all. Right. Because I don't have time to. You know, like I have time to go to these events. I have time to prepare for the next event. And then if I'm going to the track while I'm at home, it's to prepare, like break in engines, break in drivetrain, test, whatever. Like last week I went to California to test, just right. to test. There's no race, you know. So, Basically, at the end of the year, it usually equates to like 35 weekends of something. It's not bad. Right. I mean, you got, that's a lot of weekends. Yeah. It's more than what I get. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot, right? It doesn't sound like it's a lot, but it's a lot. Yeah. So, and it's a lot, especially with a family. Right. You know, it's, it's young kids too. Right. The older they get, it's a little bit easier. So I'm but, lucky that I'm, when I'm home, I'm home. I don't have to go to an office. I don't have to leave the house when I'm home. I get to work at home. And, yeah, you know, my family leaves, obviously, like, especially School, when, yeah, work, whatever. whatever, but I'm home. I'm home. So if they're there, I'm there and we can have that time. That's good. You know? So I'm a big family guy. Yeah. So 
and I love my family and I wish I could spend way more time with them than I can. Yeah. It's, uh, but that's the burden of owning your own business. Yeah. And <laughs> owning your own business or just being in a, in an industry that you travel a lot or demands time, you know, and fortunately for myself, you know, we're some pretty successful. So it pays the bills. There's no like getting away from it. Yeah. You know, there's, just I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And, and and my wife, very similar, sounds like to yours. She's, you know, very understanding of the fact, like, okay, you know, I have to have a presence there or I'm you know, sometimes I go racing for fun. Right. And that's not a very big thing for me because I'm not great, but I go because I just need to get away. Yeah. I need to do what I want to do. But um family's so important and, and and that I've asked this question with a lot of the top pros that I've had in here and and, and I it's important to me to understand how you guys, and I think for the people, the few people that watch, to understand, like, you guys are humans, you know? You're human. You're not just this robot who fucking shows up at the track every single weekend, lays down the law, goes home. You're this, you know, I win, I win. I'm I, national this, DNC that. It's not about that. Like, it's a job. Yeah. Like, this is a career for you. Yeah. It is a job, and it's, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many other careers like there's there's no clocking out, right? Like you're just when I'm home, it's like I have to do these things until they're done, right? Until I'm ready for the next event. You know what I mean? So it's like there's no clock. Okay, I'm gonna work from nine to noon and then take a break and then you know, like it's just you're you have to just get this shit done no matter what because. I can't go to that next event until my shit is ready. Right. And my ready is that when I get there, I can put it on the track. Right. Like that's, that, that, that sounds weird, but it's when you're racing all these classes, like I want to leave my house and all I have to do when I get there is put tires on that thing and I can put it on the track. Right. You know, so that's being get, prepared to get these cars to that point is a lot of time. You know, that's setting your radio up. That's making sure the motor runs right. That's making sure the drivetrain's broken in. That's making sure the tires are mounted. That's making sure the fucking bodies are stickered up and ready to go. That's making sure the starter box is charged. The radio is charged. The receiver pack's charged. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right? So, like, the checklist at home that I go through is, like, okay, when I get there. So, that's the time at home. Right? And the only way, you know, that's multiple drivetrains broken in. That's multiple engines broken in. That's multiple cars sometimes. So on a on a two-week-in-a-row race, what's your turnover time? Two or three days? Yeah, I mean, I come home Monday and leave Wednesday. So you got two days. So I try not to do that because it's it's damn near impossible to do a back-to-back -back event and be successful at that. Right. Like, to have two races in a row, I'm going to piss myself, by the way. <laughs> if you need a break, bro, we, we're good. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Did we do that? Yeah, dude. Leave that Jesus.
right, so Mayfield sucks, and he's got a small bladder. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that tequila. You want more? Yeah, I'll do another little sip. Okay. Well, then if you do it, I'll do it. Where were we? What were we talking about? Uh, I think we were talking about turnover, back to back races. Yeah. So, anyways, I just, yeah, I don't know. I've never thought that you can do that successfully unless you're racing. You're doing like an A scale race one week and then a 10 scale race the next week because then you could, before you leave, mm-hmm. at first you could have your shit together, right? Your stuff's ready for when you get home. Yeah. So that, yeah. But it's just, it's a lot. So there's sometimes where you see, you know, if occasionally you see guys like myself, Dakota, Spencer, whatever, like have an off weekend. It's, it's probably because they're coming off of a back to back situation. Right. Or, or who, who knows? But it's like a lot of the time the schedule does affect your performance. Sure. Right. So, but it's our job at the same time. You well, got to suck it up and just do it. You're you know? 40 hours, which obviously is way more than 40 hours. But when I say 40 hours, your five-day work week is not Monday through Friday. Your five-day work week is Wednesday through Sunday. Yeah, and but you, it's also, we, we're not, I'm not complaining, right? Like, I, I, there's no way I would be able to have a, you know, a boss and get bitched at for whatever and, you know, have... We have deadlines. You basically have to be your own boss in this situation, and you have to hold yourself accountable for stuff. You know, like you have to have a, a presence of mind that you know this is what you need to go to this event and be successful. Right. right. And the, for me, the only way that that's possible is putting time in at home, you know, like to where, like I said, I want to show up to the track. And it does take what pisses me off is it takes away time from family, right? Being home, but there's no way that I can go away from my family and make that time away worthwhile if I don't bust my ass at my house, right? I mean, you have to stay relevant to stay paid, right? Right. So you can't but the just only show up. Keeping you there is you exactly, and that's what I'm getting at. Is like if you want to go there and have the success, you have to be prepared. Yes. And if you want to be successful, you have to have the mentality, the work ethic, and you have to put the time in. Yeah, and this you have isn't... to think that you're getting outworked. Sure. If you don't realize that, if it's you don't point. think that somebody's working harder than you, then you're never going to work hard enough. That's a good point. Right? A lot of people have to understand that. Once again, going back to the few people watching, like you have to understand the guys that are getting paid to do this put in a full fucking time job to do it. Yeah. It's not come home after work, wrench, go to the race on a Friday, race through Sunday and go home Monday and work on your regular job. This is your job. This is my job. This, this is what I do. 40, like, 60 hours home, plus a week. I'm not just sitting up. I mean, trust me, I find the occasional nap on the couch. <laughs> trust <laughs> I don't me. even know what that means, <laughs> but okay. But, <laughs> you know, like there's just a lot to it. It's the... Uh, booking travel, ordering parts, um, organizing rental cars with people. And, you know, there's like a, we kind of do it all. There's a logistical side of thing of like how you're actually going to go to these events, uh, organizing fuel, uh, organizing tires, which I'm pretty lucky about that because J Concepts basically handles that for me. Sure. Um, so like, I'm pretty lucky that I have a, a great group of guys that like, um, if I have free time, it's because some people are helping me do some stuff, you know? And I realize that. Right. Um, but, but you earn that. Let's not, let's don't, don't be so humble to, for people. There again, the reason you have that is because you work so hard to get to that point. It's not, it wasn't just given to you. No, I mean, it, I, I, yeah. 
I don't know why, but I mean, whatever. I've done this for a long time, right? So I know what I need to do to be successful. And I know that, and I think, so back to J Concepts, Jason, he knows that like certain things don't click, though they don't, they're not clocked on my radar, right? Like fresh bodies and ordering tires and shit. But the car stuff is what I'm focused on. You know what I mean? And so this other stuff I've always seen like as kind of like I'd go to every race with a fucked up body if it wasn't for Jason. Right. You know what I mean? Because not saying it doesn't matter, but it's just like I'm making but he sure. Does, he doesn't want a fucked up body no, no, right, right, on your right, car. Of course. Because you're the his most. body. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's his, it's his body. So high profile. So he wants to make sure. So he's always just been like, hey, what you get on bodies? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? And then he's Might like, need oh, a few got, more. <laughs> you know, he's probably got two or three races worth of bodies sitting there for me. You know what I mean? Ready to go, which I'm lucky on that part. Cause yeah, I luckily because of that, I don't have to worry about that shit. So I can focus kind of on other stuff. Like sure. I can focus more on my family. Like that's the biggest thing is like, now I have a family right. and I've been able to um, still do this at a very high level because of guys like Jason, you know what I mean? And J concepts and you know, all these companies have, I've honestly been so great. As far as that, you know, like they get that I need some uh, family time. Yeah. Right? You know, and you can and, say whatever you want. Yeah, you no. can say any brand like I. Well, techno's the same way. Everybody. Yeah. Honestly, everybody's been that way. Like they know that. I'm, I mean, I'm doing a, a job that requires uh, 52 weeks. Right. Right. A, a year period. And if I didn't have some of this like kind of support system behind me, I, I wouldn't be able to be a good dad as well. You know Which I mean? is actually more important than your job. Yeah, uh, but I have to in the grand my job to take care of my family. Which is the, right? the catch-22. So then there's the balancing act, yep. right? So I've probably slacked on both avenues, some. We all do. But then I've tried to make it up when I can, you know? So nowadays I put more emphasis on certain races. You know what I mean? Like I make sure I get my shit together for X, Y, and Z race. And then I make sure that I... I'm there for my kids and my kids are young, so there's not a lot going on, but eventually they're going to be older and they're going to have recitals and fucking whatever sports and everything else. Yeah. So it's like, it's, I don't, I don't really know how to balance it all. I mean, is it's your son a, the next coming of fucking RC? Probably more my daughter. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I my, dig it. My son is actually good at driving. He can drive the car. He's five. You know, he's not like good at hitting lines or anything like that, but he knows how to drive them at yeah. five, which is cool. You know, that's but he's not super into it. But anytime I like one of those things is running, like her name's Cashlyn, but we call her sissy. She's just like, give me, oh, give me the radio. Like <laughs> she wants to do it and she doesn't know how she's two. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, you can see it, like it intrigues her for sure. So, but I'm not going to force them into this. I mean, no. it'd be awesome if they did. Cause I could, I can probably do this shit for basically free. I was just thinking that, the, <laughs> like, you know, how far does the apple fall from the tree? You know what I mean? I have no but, idea because my dad's terrible at driving. <laughs> <laughs> he got me but into it. He, that was, I, I actually thought about, so you and your dad, once again, I, I hate, I, I jump around a lot. My brain is fucking wired weird. But like you, your dad got you yep. into this. Yep. And, and I don't know a lot about the story, but I mean, we How was rocky, that? We had a rocky road. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, we he got me into it when I was really young, and I think some of our rocky road was kind of a involved, like revolved around RC. Like, you know, he was. 
I, I, at a young age, when I was really young, I obviously had the talent for this, right? And he knew that. And a six-year-old, 10-year-old, whatever, it's like he wanted me to focus on this stuff. And a 10, the fuck do you want to do? You don't want to do That's that. That's tough. Yeah. So he was maybe a little harsh in some scenarios, right? To where it maybe kind of like created this tension between us. And then when I grew up to be a teenager and like I've, I'm obviously pretty strong headed and opinionated. And so we butted heads a lot. Does that come from him though? Like, Oh uh, yeah. Okay. And my mom. Okay. You know what I mean? They're both very strong individuals and they've, they're still together. It's crazy. You know? Um, <laughs> Good for them, yeah. man. So that generation, like we need more of that yeah. actually. Yeah. But. So like, obviously like through high school, it was rough. I mean, I, I did some drug stuff. I fucking just, you know, typical dipshit, not maybe not typical, but you know, that was bad. Sounds like I we lived a similar bad. lifestyle. Yeah. So that all shit kind of went down. I mean, there was a period of time where I didn't really talk to my dad, but the reason I'm into this is because of my dad. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and he's always had the passion for this. And, um, but nowadays everything's good. You know, we, because of him, I'm in this industry. I make a great living. Um, I still have a passion for this stuff and I got it from him for some reason, even though his best, award he's ever got is like most improved driver in like <laughs> stock 112 scale and like 1988 or some shit like that you know what i mean um, he was there though he yeah, was there, he was there. <laughs> so it's like he's but he has every damn trophy ever i mean his house is like a fucking shrine you know really oh my god so he, he's a big rc guy yeah well he's a big ryan mayfield guy okay right? you know he's got all anything i've ever won he, if i give him a trophy he has it cool you know a lot of the shit i just Proud dad. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say this, but some trophies get thrown away. You know what I mean? But so it's, but if I give him something, he has it. Right. A trophy worth keeping, you keep. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Like, if a trophy's badass. Well, nowadays, if it fits in my bag to get home. Well, we know? ship trophies home. So you yeah. win Masters. If you throw that shit away, if I'm I win Masters. You, I'm keeping it. Listen, yeah. if you win Masters, throw it away. You and I are going to fight at the next race I see you. We will <laughs> well, fucking throw fists. I'm just saying, sometimes I get one of these like <laughs> flimsy ass plaques and I'm dude. like, get the fuck out of here. You know, but. another another fucking sore subject with me, but we're, we're talking family. So, yeah, I mean, my family's been my we had a rough patch when I was younger. Now I'm 37, you know, so. Oh, damn through. you you're fucking adam drake you're huh? about to be in the 40 plus fucking club oh, bro i'm coming <laughs> i'm coming i've always said <laughs> stop raising the fucking 40 to oh, 50 now, we got like now 50. i want 50 because you're coming to 40 bro <laughs> fuck yeah. that i'm not gonna raise 40 <laughs> but you know it's yeah we had a rough patch and then you know what we figured out you know like now i have uh my son's best friend is is my dad Right, like Kason, my son loves Papa. Like cool. that's his guy. That's good. So, you know, I don't know if my dad probably learned some shit, you know, raising me, and he's pivoted or whatever. But the way he treats my kids is fuck, man. I couldn't ask for a better grandpa. Second you know I mean? time round's always easier. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously during he was raising me, it's like there was money situations, and you know, there's other shit going on. You know what I mean? Sure. And so. It's, it is what it is. You know, he made me, I'm good. My mom made me, I like, I'm, there was a, but all that shit made me who I am. Yeah. You you're know, better like, for it. I'm good. I'm a, I'm good with who I am. I'm, I'm a great dad. I, well, I hope I am. I'm, I'm a good husband. You know what I mean? Like I try to be, um, everybody has off days obviously, but so 
I, at the end of the day, I, I sleep well knowing who I am and I know it's because I came from who I came from. You know what I mean? So, but thank, thank, thankfully from them, I am doing this. Like they're the people that got me into this. Sure. The people that push this, um, kind of, and, and they do, they're like so outgoing have you ever met my parents? I have not. Dude, they're fucking crazy. Like, I mean, I've they, seen a picture of your dad. Like, he's got a long yeah, beard. You but know, they, like, they, like, talk to fucking anybody, right? Cool. And so, like, back in the day when they'd take me to races in California, which we didn't have money, but, like, they would save up and, you know, spend every last fucking nickel they had to take me to a race in California. And they, by doing that, they made contacts in the industry uh, that I've used through my entire career. You know what I mean? Like, they're Mike Reedy. You know, sure. like my mom would make my greedy coffee, sit down and have conversations with him. I met Rick, you know, Rick Hort through that stuff. Um, shit. Ken Wall. I mean, I met everybody back then when right. I was really young, but because my parents were so outgoing, you know, and like That's just great. willing to talk. Right. And so, I, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like because of them, you know, I am who I am. Right. So that's it's so important but i still got to give my dad every fucking rc thing he ever wants right <laughs> <laughs> man so he still races he races he wants to race everything and uh does he, is he still active back in is, is he living in arizona yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah, so yeah. is he still active in rc yeah 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 does he race he's at still hobby action at or yeah yeah he races okay. sprint car he wants to race sprint car. he's got everything you know awesome so he's like the most pure hobbyist there is. Like, Which is 99% of what we deal with. Well, luckily, he doesn't really have to spend any money. You've all for him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first RC car? Uh, well, the first picture I had, my parents have, well, I remember the picture. I don't remember doing it, but it was, a to me, a Blackfoot. Blackfoot. I think so. So you're 37. I'm 43. Six well, I was years. like four, three or four, and I'm like pushing around the backyard like a Tonka truck. Yeah. You know, but it was a, to me, a Blackfoot, which is like a monster truck thing my dad had. Right. So then the first thing I actually raced was uh, probably an RC10. Okay. Yeah. Gold pan? Uh, well, 93. 93. Yeah. I mean, that's like B1. Yeah, that's close. It might have been. I think like, it was a used black chassis with white arm, like a long arm car. Okay. I think that's what it was. So did your dad race while you were like kind of coming up? I think so. I don't really remember much from back then. Okay. As far as like if he was racing and I was racing at the same time. But I know I raced novice. And Do you I, remember like when you first held a radio and like, no. can you, you can't remember that back? It was... I can only remember shit like that. See, like, my wife gives me hell because I don't remember yesterday and, like, when she needs me to remember something for our family. But I can remember back in, well, I remember in bits. the 80s. Well, I remember bits and pieces, right? I don't remember details. Right. So, but sorry. So, no, no. I, I grew up in Arizona. Yeah. So I was born in Tucson. So for me, I spent a lot of time in, uh, shit, I think it was Tucson Hobbies or, I, I forget, but... When you walked in and you saw is that you said, is that my first RC car? So my dad, my dad uh, built that the Falcon in my garage. I actually walked into it. He had like a, a towel or blanket covered up. And I looked and I was like, I saw my Christmas present. It was kind of one of those things. But I was obsessed until it broke. And we, you know, like I'm, I'm I, it sounds like we're similar in the fact that 
My family owned a business, our landscaping business. We didn't have a ton of money, but we did fine. We were yeah. mid-class. and um, But it wasn't like, okay, Dad, I, I would need to go to the hobby shop and get parts. It was like, if we get to it, we get to it. Yeah. And we were, my dad's a race car, always in race cars. And we went from, you know, I, I, I was always into like quarter midgets and then moving up from that. But the hobby side of it was always, man, I wish I could just play with more toys. The yeah. tracks just didn't exist at the time. It was right. all to me and stuff. But I just, I wonder like, what, what does it take? Because we, we deal with it every day. Like, what does it take today with the internet, the technology, what does it take today to get somebody to not just bash, but to move from wanting to fucking attention, trash a car? It's attention span. Exactly, dude. You hit it on the head. Yeah, it's there's no there's. Too do you much put shit. it in the in the closet and forget about it, or do you fix it and fucking want to well, do people more? People want immediate fucking fun, right, or whatever. They want they they want to like get their fix now yeah right and can you imagine four minute fucking nickel high or nickel metal batteries well, back then there was like there was no internet there was no video games there was nothing it's like you either did like shit i don't, I don't even know how many things could you do back then as a hobby bmx bikes well, you either, fucking, you, whatever uh, you were doing back then you left the house to do it exactly and didn't right? come home till the street lights came on that's and, like the uh, and now you don't you can do a million things and never leave the fucking house. Never leave your bed. Yeah. You so stupid. Yeah. God, I hate that shit. So I don't really know. I have no idea how, I don't even know how this industry is going to fucking survive, to be honest. You're right. Like it's pretty insane, but I know that's what we did as a family back in the day. You know what I mean? I know that's what, uh, there was a ton of families that did it back then. Like right. that's, I met a, t a lot of, you know, friends and, you know, a lot of the friends I have, uh, still to this day are from them. Their parents got them into it. Right. You know, and they, their passion excelled them into whatever they're doing now within the industry. Right. So I have no idea, but I mean, there's a, there's a, it's just, I guess the good thing is that RC is more accessible and it's easier to get into. So if you're selling to more people, you have a better chance of that one in 10 guy sticking with it. Is there a brand today that, makes rc more accessible what's well, obviously traxxas okay just uh, i want to yeah. know that gave you, you recognize yeah. that yeah i we sell a shit ton of traxxas obviously every hobby shop if you're not selling traxxas you're doing something the problem is they're stealing our customers right now and i have a problem with that and i've told my rep and all but the the fact of the matter is How hobby shop stealing cost customers because they won't let hobby shops sell most of their line online anymore well it's just business that's them not they don't give a fuck about the hobby side of things they don't they're just trying to move product right so however i spent 10 years building up a customer base that buys from me because of me or i say me but beach rc yeah and now they took 75 percent of their product line and they've said you can't sell it online you have to buy it from Traxxas.com, which means, hey, fuck you. All the customers that buy from you because they love you and your service and your sh quick shipping and whatever. Well, I will say if companies like that are going to do shit like that, somebody's going to answer that. I hope so. Right. Like there's just no way that's never happened in the history of anything to where there isn't an answer for that. There's got to be. Right. Because, because that's our fucking... industry, as far as the racing side of things, is big enough 
it, it's not big, but it's big enough to where somebody's going to see that void and fill it, right? It's got to so be. Maybe Traxxas is shooting themselves in the foot here. You know, it could be the one time. Maybe. I mean, I don't really know what the fuck they're doing, but that would be dumb on their part because if I'm a racer, I've been a racer for decades, but if I'm talking to somebody about getting into it, I recommend them to get a Traxxas Who slash. doesn't? Right. Who doesn't? And that's the problem I have. So if they're going to take that out of in, out of hobby shops and actually have a track, they're stupid. No, so they're not taking it out of hobby shops and have a track. What they're doing is taking it out of hobby shops that spent 10 years building their online presence and saying, you can't oh, sell yeah, it online, online anymore. Oh, uh, okay. It's not just me. It's A-Main. It's fucking... It's anybody that has online so basically presence. if you have a brick and mortar they'll still sell to you no they'll sell to me even with the online presence but we can't sell it online oh gotcha which is i've spent my, a decade building yeah, yeah. a customer well, that's base like how do you support a track without selling online yeah at this point in time there's not many well, tracks I mean, that aren't selling never going to look at it that way because they don't give a shit about racing no they don't yeah and they've they've kind That's of probably blown why up. they've blown up the way they have over the last twenty five. In years. a sense, they're smart, but it also they're neglecting a whole other niche part they of the market. They don't care about that, though. They don't. They don't. Care. It's too small. So it's like it's going to take somebody that actually cares about that to fill that void, like Billy like, Fisher and Red Cat, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but or I mean, shit. There's like there's a lot of big companies. Like, I mean, honestly, I wish Horizon. Did some more of that stuff. Yeah. You know? They they, they have been with Arma. Yeah. Arma's Arma's a competitor, yeah. for sure. Well, I know Arma and Traxxas legally go after each other all the time. Yeah, because they're know. definitely a competitor. I mean, dude, when I was with a company before, not Losi, I remember a fucking patent book from Traxxas, like, this thick. Wow. Right? And, like, anytime they wanted to make something, they had to, like, search through to through all make of that. sure. Like, they fucking patented everything. Oh. But as long as it was on a race car, you know, like Traxxas has crazy patents about like bell crank steering. They're pat they patented that. Wow. Every goddamn race car has bell crank steering, right? So if it's just, I mean, maybe I'm being a little too vague about it. Like it's more specific in the yeah. patent book. But they're smart as far as that goes. You know, like they've really tried to like. They're smart, but it also prevents growth within the industry, right? So, but they but they're so strong in their marketing yeah. outside of the industry. And they do a good job. I mean, they they sell great stuff. I mean, their shit's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I have a ton of tracks as RTR stuff, and shit's good. Yeah, so, it is. It's hard not to push but somebody. They definitely to don't it. care about racing, so they were. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're for sure looking out for their own. They're pushing that sledge to be like a truggy. Really. Yes. Because I have one, and I always... No, they've I come out that. with all the carbon stuff. They're coming out with all aluminum fucking X, like everything for the corners. Like, they're going to try to make that truck well, their truck. Maybe somebody's there, like, pushing them, which would probably be bad for the industry. Yeah, because they got the power. Because they got the power to be like, oh, shit, that hub looks similar to ours. Lawyers. You know? I would hope that they would say... We just want to beat them instead of saying, oh, that looks like ours. Well, but that you're would right. Be if they have the racing mentality, right? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, Jenkins is a fucking racer. I mean, he comes from the yeah, whole. Yeah, but he's also a money guy. Yeah. You know, he wants to make money. I heard so, he was going through a divorce too. So there could be like a, a situation where he needs more money. I, I don't doubt know. it. I don't know. I mean, fuck. That's, That's just what I heard. Yeah. You know, allegedly. I mean, if allegedly. like within the industry, you know how much, like, well, Take Traxxas out of it. Like, within the industry, minus Traxxas. 
Do you know how much copycat shit's gone down to where legality oh, wise? It there could, would be nothing left. Nothing. Nothing. Like these companies just realize or let's they make don't it, have, let's they base it off of this and make it just a little different. Yeah. They don't have the money to, or they're just also like, eh, fuck them. Let them copy it. We're still going to beat them. <laughs> Let them sue us. Yeah, who cares? Well, not that. That's what I'm saying. Is like, I've never heard of any race company that copied another race company getting sued over that because probably they don't have any legal foothold. You know, they didn't pop. They didn't pass. It's a lot it. of money, dude. You know, but you know how expensive and time consuming it is to patent all this shit. Or sue. Yeah. Or so sue. you tie up so much shit in so, legality. But if a company like Trax has got involved with racing, that can kill racing if they come into it the same way they come into their RTR market. Right. So, like, Good that point. would be the fucking worst-case scenario. Oof. You know? Well, that sledge is fucking looking like but a racetrack. at the same time, <laughs> it would tie them up in so much money and lawsuits and bullshit because they would be suing fucking everyone at the same time. Because these race companies come up with shit so fast, and they're copying people on accident. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like a lot of the times, they like they're just like, they just, some of these companies just happen to get to the same point because there's only so many things that work. Is there know? a new design that can be put out? Like, are we, are we just so fully copycat that we're not even, we're overlooking a full blown fucking course, better design? But it's not because that people are worried about copycatting. It's because of money. I mean, of course you can make these cars way better if you had unlimited money. You know, like, do you think our shocks are optimized? Fuck no. Not at this point. No. Like, no way. In our disc? Shocks are definitely an exception. If you take the rest of the car, because shock, shock. You can make the car so much better, but what kind of shock is going to support that car? Right. Well, so, right? like, shock, the, the way shocks work and the amount of. Well, the problem with the shock is that if you made it more expensive, look how much exposure they have yeah. to accidents. Right. And um, so you could for sure make a set of shocks that would revolutionize how a car drives. Right. But they'd be $500. Right. Right. And then they're going to be involved in a crash and they're going to get damaged. So maybe if you could buy them once and guarantee them to never be damaged, people would be on board with that. But then you have to completely re-engineer the car Right. Is now, that not silly though that somebody who's willing to spend five hundred dollars over a month of crashing their car on the same set of exactly. not good shocks versus spending five hundred dollars on a great I'm pair just of saying shocks. that's potentially what a shock could do and sure. what could cost, right? Right. But because people only are they're so short sighted. Like you look at our shocks, like the way they function and the way they work is like a set of Midas shocks you put on your Honda Civic versus a fucking trophy truck shock. Right. Like Look at what a real race car shock does. Right. It's insane compared to what we're working 100%. Like, I remember when Wally was testing those, I don't even know the brand name of that shock that he was testing, but it was more like a motocross shock than what we have. Yeah, I mean, they've got bypasses and internal bypasses and there's shim stacks and there's fucking, uh, fuck. Yeah. It's endless, yeah. dude. Like they got high That's speed, where the low speed, mid at. speed. Tires and shocks. Yeah. That's right. where the technology is. So at. it's like, but you, you can do that. You could do it, but it would be insanely expensive and very fragile. And these cars have to be able to literally be thrown off a two-story building and survive. That's basically yeah. what, we're do what we're doing. So 
the revolutionary side of things is never really going to happen. You're, that's why we've got to this point where a lot of the cars look so similar because only so many things, one, work well on the track, and two, survive the abuse these cars are going through. So that's why a lot of these companies end up on damn near the same platforms. And then you got to pick on, well, each company uses a different material. What material is better? What vendor is better? What, you know, what's the price point? Is the, right. what? How much is an A-arm? How much is a fucking whatever? It's endless. Yeah. So a lot of the cars look similar. They look, but they look different. And then what's the price point? What's the survival of the, like, how long does the fucking part last? You know what I mean? So it's just, you're never going to, I don't think we're ever going to see some revolutionary design. I mean, I think the last time we ever saw it was, um, well, recently the Agama buggy that was yeah. pretty yeah 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 that was revolutionary. Um, and the awesome the, well, so the only thing that I've seen that's revolutionized a portion of the industry and been successful, like race winning, is the Automatics touring car. Hmm. Like that thing is fucking. Have you ever seen one of those? No, I, I'm so clueless when it comes to okay. Well, you need to look at a touring car and then look at an Automatics touring car. Okay, insane. Like. I have no idea even how the shock fucking works on that car. Really? That's insane. Like, uh, beautiful car. Okay. Uh, unreal. I'll so definitely look that up. It. it makes the Gama car versus our car, like, it. their shit's so ahead, you know? So. But, I mean, do you think going to the Gama car, like, do you think there's a future in, like, lay down shocks like that? I think that's that? a specific surface type thing. Definitely high bite. Like yeah, I mean, fucking would, full blown uh, high bite. I would think, but then these companies that are it's running like Formula 1. Yeah, I mean potentially, but then there's companies like that have been doing this forever like they're they just have so much information. They're going to be able to keep up. Right. Right. So, I don't know. Like unless uh Ongaros and Mayfields and Dakotas and Spencers are Running a car like that, back to back to what what you're running now, yeah, like, you know, you and then you have these these companies that have all these decades of knowledge to back that up, and people watching, like I, I don't know, you know, like I think Agama has a rough road ahead of them to make that like the car. Well, they weren't really like in the limelight to begin with. You're right. You know, they, they weren't t- I mean, a top they jumped, brand. They, took out, they went out on a limb to do it. Yeah. And I applaud them for it. 100%. But they're probably going to lose their ass on it because... It's so different. It's cool, but then once you lose that, like, oh, it's cool, then you're fucked. Yeah. You know, so all it's that... It's got to work, and it's got to be an, an advantage. Yeah. And if it's not, then everyone's going to go back to the top drivers. And it comes back drivers. to, like, the value of dudes like myself getting paid to run these cars. Like, exactly. Prove proof in the pudding it's value right it's it's value like at least show it like you need a guy that's going to show what it's capable of doing right and And they don't have that unfortunately they don't have that at least intrigue somebody yeah right so they need to spend the money and trust me these companies like associated and techno and fucking hot bodies all these kiosho all these companies are capable of doing those things they just know better you know like they just know that it's going to be more of a specific platform and how much money it would cost to get it to where it would work on all these different surfaces and survive all these different abuses, like it's it's got to be more universal. And they're it already can't... selling cars. Yeah. So why would you just put yourself into this point where you're potentially not selling cars and you're working harder and spending more money? Oh, it could be turmoil. Yeah. I mean, people could just flip on a dime. Yeah. It'd be over. Right. It, so it, that's like... that's the kind of that's the kind of move that can kill a company or 
or make, make a, a company. company. So like Agamo was smart to just be like, well, let's just give it a shot. And it looks cool. It's bitching. Like I want one just to have and look at it, check it out. You know what I mean? But I've watched a couple go around the track and I'm like, eh, you know, it goes okay. Yeah. I don't like it circulates around the track. But I've never seen, like, I, I watched Tyler Jones run. I mean, we don't have to get too specific about this car. But it's it works. You know, like, the concept is there. Right. You know, so. With some refinement, a top driver, <laughs> yeah. and, and a couple good victories. The wing mounts, so gnarly looking. Wow. Like yeah. a single fucking post. Yeah. Uh, you know. And that's one of those things where when you do a design like that, now we got to go throw it over a 35-foot wooden jump at P&B. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, it, it, survive? but who like, are you selling it to? So once again, knowing your customer base, because it's already tough enough to throw a fucking pretty good molded two post fucking yeah. wing mount to a sportsman. Go ahead and try to throw a single wing mount aluminum, whatever it's made out of. Well, it's going to bend every time you crash. Yeah. You know, so you know, it's like, that's what's, that's the thing is that with that design, it, alienates those parts to where they have to be radically different and substantially less strong and more expensive. Right. Right. So that's the scary part about doing that kind of stuff. So absolutely. Like you said, there's, there's for sure ways to make these things just crazy, but you still have to know your customer base. Well, you have to make because it affordable. A, a, a gamma in the United States is very, very small market share. Yeah. Like if, if Techno were to come out with a single post wing and sideways shocks, their fan base would fucking be crazy about it and buy it. Even if it didn't work, but, like they eh, would buy it. Eh, but there's still that, there's always that tipping point. Because what if Techno, let's just use Techno and Associated for an example. What if Techno came out with that, right? And then Associated came out with just a normal car, a new one. And their guys start winning with that a ton, right? And now, and it's, it's cheap. It's like the normal price and, oh shit. Well, okay. All the techno guys go, oh, we just, we're so stoked on this new platform and we spent all this money on this thing and it sucks. But this other thing's $200 cheaper and winning and it's strong and blah, blah, blah. So then you just lost all your customer base. I kind of feel like we're talking about hot bodies right now. I mean, cause a very similar thing just happened, but did they ever really have a customer base? They had a huge customer base. Where? I mean, every for whatever I knew, everybody. I, mean, I know like thirty people that I can name, which I'm not. Well, you're on the West Coast. It's different for, out here, so like we have a different translation of like customer base yeah. because. But they like, like to give a lot of stuff. Away. Mugen, AE, you know, whatever Ryan Mayfield's running on the West well, Coast. I mean, I know Hot Bodies has sold a lot of stuff, but they also love to give shit away. That that's a hundred percent fact. So, I mean, I don't. Yeah, they they definitely. I mean, that new car, their old car was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I never ran either of those things, but just visually watching No, they them, were doing well, though. Yeah. Like, even even a guy that didn't race much who was, like, mid-pack could do well with well, a, I mean, I the, just old, know the that 819. In the pro world, like, say we're standing up there, like, the A-Heat or, or whatever. The, we're standing in line for practice. Dakota, say, let's just say Dakota 9. We're standing there. And we're watching cars go around the track. You can know. You know. Watching. Fuck, that car's dialed. Right. Right? And I probably shouldn't be saying this, but whatever. It's like you're watching that car and you're like, God damn, that Hobbit's car looks awesome. Right. You know, I don't even know who's driving that thing right now, but you can just tell it's working well. The car is functioning correctly. 
And they threw that thing away. And they made something new. I didn't understand it. And I, I, I didn't still, understand it I'm still trying to figure out because... Well, what's funny about it is like everybody left after there. Like, I mean, the people that were involved with that project, they're not there anymore. And that's what I'm trying to... And, and, and this isn't a knock towards anybody involved with HB. I, I sell HB products. I, I, I sponsor HB drivers. Like, I'm not a, not a fan. I'm, I'm a fan of the people. But they took a platform that was very successful, and even the like mid-level guys could look like another step up. Right. And they've made it to where people are unhappy. Yeah. And and I wonder if it was because the people testing the 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 changes could drove differently or harder or whatever it was. I mean, me, me looking at it, I guess I would think there was like they just wanted to make something totally different I mean the like scrub radius on that car. they needed a new platform like what do you need like if your shit's good and you're winning or fucking that's the tip that's the that's that's the the hard part about this stuff is it like you know like i know associated for a fact has struggled with that for years with the two-wheel drive stuff because their two-wheel drives sell like fucking wild and it's always been good right but they they like they specifically spend so much time to make sure that specific car is correct before they uh, put it out right before right. they put it but they have to change enough of it to like make it new right, right? so like because who's gonna buy it right, right? if like, it's, it's not like, new oh, it's like oh we changed the ball cups and we've made a new kit like nobody gives a shit about that you right. gotta change something right it's gotta be something so like it seems like maybe hot bodies didn't realize what they had like they didn't realize that car was so good because they didn't have enough guys out there just fucking winning with them. right but when the guys that are winning the races we're watching those cars and we're like that thing's good it's really good. So that kind of comes back to the value of guys like myself. Like when our shit's fucking dialed, we're winning everything. And then that's when the customer goes, oh shit. Okay. Then now this guy's winning everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, and that kind of puts a little value on the car and then that makes the company kind of go, all right, well, when well, next time we need to make a car, we need to kind of like do it more calmly. You know, like when you're not winning, that's when you fucking change everything. So should a company come out with, caster blocks instead of a new kit or whatever whatever the part is that makes it better should they say no 819.2 like it's no, two three or new parts i think a company um it's impossible to find the right time and the right parts to sell a kit if you if that's if that's what you're worried about you're never going to sell a car right so you have to get to the point where you're like, okay, this is what we got. This is pretty good. Now we got to fucking sell it. And then you got to put it in a kit and you got to sell it. But you got to allow your factory guys, your drivers and your engineers to continue to develop while those cars are being sold, right? And then you got to make you, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, so why not in, okay, so in So you make slight I, I'm going to talk S-Works just because that's what I know right now, right? So we're S35-4, and uh, we have this uh, Evo kit, right? Instead of saying, and, and, I'm, and, and this isn't factual, I'm just saying uh, hypothetically. Instead of saying S35.4 uh, uh, Evo, uh, I want to, we, we found caster blocks and rear hubs that are better, okay? Let's just say that. We're not going to change the name of the car we're not going to change the kit number or anything. We're just going to say, as of this date, 
it's a point one or whatever, kind of like actually like techno has done in the past. You do like a point and, and, and really all it is is changing two parts. We're not changing the whole platform. We're not changing, but we're, we're like just doing a running change with the parts that are working today that we've tested yeah, a thousand times. Do. That's what you should do. Like, because those are race proven parts. Cause all you can do is throw them in the kit. Yeah. Instead of like changing the whole kit when the manufacturers are making no, I mean, it like overseas. A lot of these companies, there's always a point one, point two, point three, point four, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I guess we're, what were we talking about? Hot body stuff. Well, it started it off. It seemed with like HB, they but. just went from a car that was really, really, really good. That could have a few things that would make it even better. And they just took the main things that made that car so good, like the front end geometry and the rear end geometry. They threw it away and they made new shit, right? They took their base. So that's the tricky part is like, you can't take the basis of why your shit's good and toss it. Cause you're not dealing with seconds. You're dealing with tenths. Yes. So at the pro level, if you change. And now a- are you running, now you're putting these things in these kits that have been uh, tested only on a specific surface. Right. These cars have to be on a different tire on a different freaking, all kind of. So basically I think the smart way of what, like what I've seen companies do is that like you eventually you got to figure out, okay, like if you're a brand new company, Brent Ryan's company, we're going to make a car, right? We're going to build a design, a car, build a car. And we know there's all these things better, but we got to fucking sell this thing first. Right? So you just get to the point where like, okay, this thing's pretty good. We need a solid level car. Yeah. Sell it. Okay. This is what we know goes around the track. It's pretty good. We know it's not the best, but it's pretty good. So you start selling it. And then, okay, now we got these other things. Okay, let our factory guys run these things. Race prove these other things. And then once that, those things start getting on this car, you realize other things that need to be changed to come, you know, kind of compensate for these parts. And then you get to the point where there's like 30% worth of kit difference. That's when you make another kit. Right. Right. But you know you have 80% different of backlogged of parts, right? So it's like every time there's a car that's coming out, there's also another generation of car there. Right. You know what I mean? Well, like we you, know like the pros are always like one step ahead, okay? You're on, on prototype I mean, sometimes stuff. Sometimes we're two or three steps ahead. Sure. But the, these But companies, who are we selling to though? Are we selling to the 90% guys well, that are not sell, on a when deal? these companies are selling these kits, you know how much inventory they have to buy? Oh, a lot. I know that. I mean, a fuck. Because we're not dealing with just America. We're dealing with Europe. I mean, like, we're I think Asia. most people don't realize that when you're when these companies are ordering kits to sell, it's and by the time those kits are in, we're, there's millions of dollars invested. One hundred percent. Yeah, they, they we're not like, dealing with America. Like that's right. what we, we you and I talked about that a little bit earlier. We're not dealing with just America, Asia, Europe. Yeah. Well, I'm talking all about the like other molds plus. You know, like you're paying for molds to get made. And then all of a sudden, I mean, shit, I've seen it happen as far as like a month. Like, oh, one month we're like, hey, let's make this. And then a month later, we're like, fuck. That thing sucked. We need this. Yeah. But you have to project too. Yeah. You have to project on sales before. But you have to eventually say, this is what we just, this is what what we got. It's good. Yeah. I know there's something better, but we got to just put that on the back burner. And we got to get rid of the inventory. Right. (laughs) Which is the hobby shop's fucking worst nightmare. Yeah. Well, if you have a successful company, they time these things right. 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 And I think there's a couple companies out there that have done a really good job at that. You know, 
Like, I think the way X-Ray comes out with a car every fucking year, there's there's no way. Two times a year. There's Easily. There's no way they're dealers and customers like that. I don't sell X-Ray for that very reason. Yeah, and then they got one ARM that's $22. I, mean, I don't sell it for that very so reason. There's like that's what people don't realize is there's it's such a fucking crazy situation to where you have to order enough stuff to never sell out, but you can't order too much stuff to never sell it. Right. And then you have to eventually sell something, but it's never the best thing because you always need something else to sell. You can't sell what you don't have. Right. Number one. Yeah. Number two is you can't fucking sell what you don't know selling, and and that's what you guys are running, and that's the pro. You know. I'm not blaming you or the manufacturers because but that's you have our job. to. hundred percent. So like we have a double-sided job as far as a pro driver goes. Is that we're helping develop the car, and the only way we can do that is by racing, testing, them. and trying. And, and well, no, in a racing situation, yeah. you know what I mean. Like the only way you're gonna know if that shit's actually good, like okay, you go test it and test it and test it, and like oh, it was better at that one track versus this part we currently run. But now we have to go race with it and see how it competes with everybody else. And then the fucking public sees it. And then now we're like, fuck, well, that, but we have to do that. Right. You know? So if the company's smart, they just like kind of blow it off. Well, well, yeah, we're developing this shit for the next, we're just trying something, right? You kind of got to blow it off. If you're not, you're not working. Yeah. I I mean, I get that part. That's the only way we can test it. So it's like, it's such a tricky uh, situation to where you're like, okay, we want to continue selling the car we have. We have X amount of inventory. We have to sell it. So we got to make that car look good, but we have to plan for the next car. So we're gonna. this is our plan to change this car. We got to race it at these events, but don't let anybody see it because we don't want them to think there's a new car coming. And they, you don't want them to not buy the old inventory. Right. Which so, comes down to not only just the racer, but the so hobby shops who believe. I would never want to be the guy that's making those decisions. Yeah. Right? Like somebody at these fucking companies have to make those decisions to where we want to go win. We want to give our guys the best shit possible. We know this stuff is better, <coughs> but maybe but we still got $20,000 in this that we have to sell before $20, we can. $20,000. I'm just I throwing mean, a number about out. Like 5,000 kits. I, I'm just throwing you a know, number I know, out. But I'm just I, like, I, yeah, that's what people don't realize out there is like, there's to way, get the price down. They have to buy there's way, way more bigger numbers involved with this yeah. stuff than what people realize. Right. You know? So, it's that's the crazy thing you know so like when when a company allows us to actually run prototype parts at an event and they're prototype parts that are easily uh easily seen with the eye that's a big step for that company sure right like that kind of know that kind of lets you know like they're willing to be like okay there's something coming you know or they yeah like whatever maybe they're just that part but people no. shouldn't be upset with the pros that are trying prototype stuff because that should be their cue of... People don't realize that that's... A, they're that's, working to help us. That's our job. Yeah. I mean, there's sometimes we're running prototype stuff that's not better. Yeah. We're well, ha- we're, you don't know unless you run it. Yeah, we're there proving that it's... We're, we're there seeing what it's capable of. Yeah. We're not there because it's... We're not running it because it's better most times. Sometimes we're running it to prove that it's not better. You have to, you know, who so, knows if you don't. Right. 
So it's like, that's the crazy shit is just people don't realize this stuff. Yeah. And But when you tell somebody... But the good thing about all this stuff is it gets the internet fired up, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so when you tell somebody, like, you're running... I'm going to throw some, like, hypothetical bullshit out there, but you're running, like, 0.3 arms on... Rear arms on your car, and, and, and people... And, and you're only at a 0.2 to the public, and people see, like, goddamn, those arms don't even look like what I'm running... And you tell them to go run 0.2 arms with this, this, and this. You knew that that worked that's good. That's the right setup. That's the right setup. Right. The only reason you're on 0.3 is because you guys and won't fucking. That's the reason why I have my shocks apart. And exactly. Yeah. But you won't even know if the 0.3s are good if you don't run them. Right. But you're telling them what you well, knew right. worked. When people walk up and they, they they see those things, that's why we try to hide it as much as we right. can. Because when they see that shit, they they're want just that. immediately like, oh, fuck. If Mayfield's need... running it, yeah. that's what I need. Yeah. Which yeah. in the future, if that's what works and you guys are selling, that's why it sells well, because Mayfield's running. Forearms. Exactly. But you're still like, telling people to run point three. Yeah. Because that worked yeah. when you were testing. Yeah. So and, it's racing. It's constantly being developed and it's literally being developed in front of the customer's eyes. Yeah. Sometimes so, you just got to say, get fucked, nerd. You know, yeah, get fucked you, you could mean, be you good. To. The fact of the matter is they're going to be like, they're going to challenge you. Well, you're running that and you're telling me to run this. Yeah. Look, motherfucker, I'm running this because maybe in a year yeah. I can tell you that this is the best. And the only reason, and, and some people get it, you know, some people to get it, but a lot of people don't, no. you know, and it's just, I mean, what, uh, fuck, how else do you think this shit's getting evolved? You they know? don't understand. You no. Know, so. Once again, it goes back to preparation, time, and effort. But, I mean, I've never, I mean, now that I'm in this, I've been in it for a long time, but it, it's insane the amount of money that goes into these companies. Like, as far as, like, the balls it takes to go, like, this is the car we're going to sell, and now we have to buy X amount of those cars. Do you know how much money? I mean, you know, it's fucking nuts. The amount of initial investment it takes to do that yeah. is insane. So, of course, you have things developing for the next car. Right. Because you're hoping to always better yourself. You have to continue to better yourself. Why wouldn't you? Right. I mean, it's it's pointless to pay you. Like, And there's no projections. Like, There's no way to go like, okay, if we buy this car, we're going to sell X. Like, You can hope to, but there's, I mean, there's some projections, but not really. You can know? you imagine like if you were Daniel or anybody who owns a, a company and you guys like found like all right, you tested for a year. This car is fucking tits. Like it's gonna be money, right? And then all of a sudden, while that car is being produced, you guys are trying to prototype part, and you come out, and that motherfucker is just like gangster. Changes the game. I know that's it what happens. I'm saying. And so you've got all these kits being made. The molds already been produced. You're fucking ten thousand. Well, that's kits when it comes to the company going like, I mean, cause some of the smartest plays I've ever seen is that. And this is a double-edged sword. It's like some companies don't let their drivers test the parts. But nine times out of ten, that makes the car, once it gets to production, isn't good. It doesn't come out of the gate winning races. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it... They think Because they project. don't want... The companies don't want their drivers to know that there's something better. Because they think that we're mentally incapable of going to these events and not being allowed to run those parts and still succeed. Right? Does yeah. that make sense? Uh, yeah, of course. So, And that's how a, comp a couple of these companies function. 
But if you don't let the top guys in the in on your team run those parts, how are you ever going to know what they're actually capable of doing? The real question is, what do you pay them for? Because if you're not trusting their ability, then you shouldn't have hired them in the first well, place. Well, you actually have to. You also have to just get it through their mindset and 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 know and trust them to be mature enough to understand that you're not allowed to race with that part. Right. Right. Yes, we know it's better, but you just can't race with it. Yeah. Right. We don't want the public to see this. We don't want our customers to see this because that's how you develop. The it makes car, a lot of sense. Right. But if you don't involve the top guys, then you come out with sometimes a fucking melon. Yeah, a flop. Yeah. And then you just, I mean, fuck, you just wasted so much money. Time, money. You know? Like, so, I mean, I can talk about it now because it's been so long. Uh, when I was unassociated, that's what happened with uh, the CR8, I think is what it's called. You ever heard about that car? No. It was an associated car, A-scale car, and... An engineer basically developed it all on his own, and the drivers were not allowed to see it. By the time we saw it, it was fully produ- fully produced, like done. And it was completely different than what we had been running. Like, we were running the RC8 at the time, right? Remember the RC8? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, there was a car made in that genre that was a completely different car. Never released? No. Yeah, see, that's why I never heard of it. Because I got involved It in... was literally produced kits shipping to the fucking factory to sell. And it got shut down. Wow. Because none of us, Cavalry and me were on the team at the time. A couple other fact, you know, a couple other guys. No, we never saw it. We never saw it until it was fucking produced. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, I went to Neobuggy one year. It's kind of like, what's the point? Why have you? I don't know. Like, so one year I went to Neobuggy with that car and I TQ'd round one. And Brent came back and was like, well, good ger- good run. But just so you know, uh, the engineer that made that car just got fired. And we're not going <laughs> to. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So. Can you imagine? I mean, I hope Associate doesn't get pissed at me. This happened like 2008. This is a long time. People know about that stuff. But it's just like, so that was like a mistake. Like nobody was allowed to see it except this engineer and like the people, like the inner workings of it. And it turned out to be that was the biggest problem is there wasn't enough people giving input to make sure that the the, the issues that the car had were resolved, right? So That's engineering fucking 101 right yeah. there. I mean, it's just... All right, look, stop. Okay. It's my turn. I'm about to piss my pants. Okay. When we come back from this one last, yes, well, you know, our, our we will not take another piss break. There's no break. way people are going to watch this for three hours. Do they do? Really? All five of them. All five. Okay. But I get, I get the piss first. Okay, and then w- when we come back, we won't take another piss break. We will finish it before a piss. Ten break. more minutes, maybe. <laughs> Twenty. All right. So, so first of all, let me. We're going to start this segment with. I got a vasectomy recently. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> Well, fuck yeah, dude. That's what I'm talking about. And my right nut is killing me. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a couple months now. And I oh, I've go. had mine for about a year and a half. Really? So. Yeah, I got to go get looked at. When, <laughs> what? <laughs> Not, nothing better than a random dude touching your nuts. I mean. So my doctor is like a friend of mine. <laughs> so it's even oh, worse. Oh, that's worse. Dude. That's way worse. It's so worse. But. I, I'm, I'm going to get off. We went on this fucking RC tangent. And, and to be 100% fucking transparent, like, this podcast was not meant to be all RC. Like, I love talking people shit. I mean, I think we've talked decent amount. We have. Yeah. I mean, we have. It's all right. 
But I, so there's a couple things that I would be remiss if I didn't ask, and I just want to fuck around and like, okay, Um, and and listen when I when I say when I ask you questions, you can tell a story, and you don't have to say names. You can say person A or John B or whatever the fuck you want. Okay, you never have to say it was this guy or that. But I want to. You will not remember this, but I want to bring it up. I met you for the first time when I opened up one year, about, it was about a year. It was at a Psycho Nitro. might have been your first Psycho Nitro in Georgia at the old location. You came. You were pitting next Losey, to. I was running Losey cars. You yeah. were running yeah. TLR stuff or Losey. And you were pitting with the Kings right next to them. Even though they were on K cars, they were like right down the way from you. The Kings. Cody. Cody oh. and Paul. Okay. And I was in a stall, like you guys were here and the track was back here. And I was like in a stall, like right over here. It's selling parts, brand new beachrc.com, like fucking not even really in existence yet. Right. And me and my buddy, Pete Funk, who uh, helped me design that shop over there and was a big inspiration to me. He kind of kept my le- my head level when I... I would get really upset when another hobby shop would open or a track would open. I'd be like, oh, it's competition. He's like, dude, you're going to outlast them. Like, he was my my guy. Right. So we went to Psycho Nitro. It was our first Psycho Nitro. Me and four guys loaded up in a rental RV from here in a small trailer and went there. And I was selling parts to try to pay for the way. And you told a story. And I want to, the reason why I'm bringing this up, because I want to hear if you remember this story. I probably do. I'm sure you do, but I want to know if you remember it. And um, so back in the day, I'm trying to like lay this all out so it makes sense. Back in the day. Was it my story? Yeah. Me involved? Oh, yeah. Okay. So back in the day, I never really heard the term dialed. Okay. Okay. So I'm trying to paint this picture. And so we're sitting at the table and we're kind of like me and Peter just sitting back, just kind of hanging out because you don't know us and we're like in starstruck air you know at that point you guys are the badasses we're nobodies still i'm a nobody <laughs> and uh yeah obviously <laughs> you're fighting with your fucking head cord headphone fucking wire. hey dude what is going on <laughs> so i uh you start telling the story about a rental car and a drive-through okay <laughs> yep. and this is the God, man. In, in me, it was 08 St. Louis Nationals, I think. I think. That makes sense because this was probably, I opened up in 13. Yeah, so it was a few years back when yeah. we had opened up. So you told the story, and I just hope you can remember it because you is a drive through. I'm pretty sure Rona was involved. And you, so I'm trying to, like, remember it. I want you to tell me this well, story. Well, the story is, as far as I remember, I don't know if it's exactly how you remember it, but this is how it went down was well first of all to set the precedent or whatever back then you could get i mean i was young i didn't i couldn't get rental cars back then but i remember these dudes destroying these rental cars and i'm like how the fuck are these guys paying for it right well you could get full coverage on these cars for like eight bucks a day (laughs) and you could just take the keys back like like oh i don't know where it is here's the keys right so this was, I was in Mark Pavitas's van and it'd been raining a ton. So we're all staying at this shitty hotel across the street and there's like a Burger King McDonald's or whatever across the street. So uh, we weren't going to walk. So I get me and Mark and, and maybe somebody else get in his van, go. 
and uh, Adam Drake was in front of us, and I don't know who was in Drake's van. And Mark kind of bumps him, you know, like rolls up in the drive-thru and kind of gives him a little bump. And uh, honking, like just being stupid, right? So then Adam goes to leave after he gets his food, and it was one of those drive-thrus that has like a curb around the whole thing, right? Like, you know, like a you know six-inch curb or whatever around the whole drive-thru. And so Mark gave him a bump, and then he took off. And when he took off, he like grabbed the e-brake, I think. Adam did. And we watched as his car, his rental van slid, hit the curb, and just broke the entire right rear tire off this thing, and it bounced into the grass, <laughs> right? And he drives out of the, the thing. We get our food, and we drive out, and he's sitting there, and, like, we're like, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, he's out. Somebody went out and got the tire, you know, and, like, they're rolling the tire back, and it's got the brake drum assembly, the brake line, like, everything. Like, it just snapped the rear axle of this rental van. And uh, so we just drove away and ate dinner, and... We saw him later that night. We we're like, Enterprise brought him, or whoever it was, brought him a new car. And we're like, what the hell do you tell him? And he's like, I told him a Girl Scout ran out in front of me. She was trying to sell me cookies, and I had to stop immediately and get this curve. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way that worked. And he's like, I got a new car. Oh, like, shit. Dude. And there was way, I mean, there's way worse shit about rental cars. Like, we were in North Carolina, and this is like about the same time. At the farm? You probably never got to go to the farm. It was right after. I opened up like two years after the farm. Okay, so the farm, we were there for, I don't know what the hell race it was, but there's this big-ass pile of dirt. Big, big fucking pile of dirt. Like, And Jeremy Quartz is hitting it, like driving over it with his, is a Pontiac and and Azteca. Remember those stupid <laughs> yeah. things? The ones that had the, like the pop-out fucking back uh, yeah, they had, like, tent or whatever. Plastic shit on them and... Uh, so he's like, you know, driving over this thing, right? It, it's like a 20 foot pile of dirt. Like Jeez. it's a big chunk of dirt. He's driving over it. And then so uh, Richard's like, oh, Richard Saxon's like, oh, we'll drive our van over that. And I'm like, all right, let's go. So Cody King gets in the, the van and uh, he's Cody King's out the side door and he's like hanging on to the side door and hanging on to the handle, right? And uh, we go up over it and like the fucking door almost like cut Cody's hand off because he does he's not sitting in a seat right so then we go around a loop and did, like hit it again and Jeremy hit it like way harder this time caught air and lands at the bottom and like blew the motor out of this fucking thing like lands and there's just steam and shit and we drive over it almost rear end him because he stopped at the bottom and we get out and he goes to start it. We like pop the hood and we, he goes to start it again and the whole motor's just like <laughs> bouncing. Right. <laughs> and we're like, Oh yeah, that thing's done. So Humpty, the guy that ran the facility towed him up to the front and enterprise brought him a new car on a tow truck. And he comes just barely. It was a big ass field. Like you had to like drive up to the front to like get, you know, to the asphalt. And then the asphalt was only like maybe 200 yards. And then it was just all big ass dirt field. Right. So he just comes barreling back to the field in this new, brand new car and fucking <laughs> does this huge oval track and hits this jump again, right? And then it survived somehow. And he's like, all right, I'm done. Like, <laughs> just people used to just push the limits of these things so bad. Dude, so, rental, rental cars are, I mean, the story. I have a video on my phone. It would take a minute to find it. Actually, Spencer, somebody would have it, but I was really... Uh, enamored at the Omaha 
Have you ever been to Omaha? Omaha. Yeah, Omaha track. I have not, but Alex and them. It, awesome. it was like so. Spencer Rifkin is like a Tom Brady fucking super fan. So for forever, it was like Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl, right? And yep. I bet Spencer. I bet against uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, just fuck to that piss guy. Spencer off. It's a hundred bucks every time, right? So like. One time you he, lost at least six hundred bucks. Yeah, but I, every time I'd rip the hundred dollar <laughs> bill in half and hand it to him, right? So we're in Omaha, and uh, I'm in Omaha by myself, and we're, I was watching the Super Bowl by myself, and uh, oh, I'm on the phone with him. I'm literally at the sports bar by myself. There's nobody else there at this. I went to this race by myself, and uh, I get fucked up at the sports bar, and it's like a quarter mile to the hotel. And it's fucking snowing like a motherfucker, right? Of course. So I'm pissed that I... Or no, Tom won. That was the... They won. Uh, I think he was still Patriots at the time. So anyways, he won. So I like... I drove... I was driving home and I'm like, oh, this is fun. Driving this stupid van around. So I started filming myself and I'm like, oh, Tom won. Oh, so cool. Hey, boom. Hit a curb. Blow the fucking tire <laughs> off the truck. <laughs> man and then i hit another curb and then i had to drive that thing at four in the morning back to the airport with two flat tires oh shit <laughs> like oh i'm never gonna do that again but damn dude the the traveling in rental cars has got to be one of the most satisfying and i mean unfun. i got more rental car stories we don't have to go all night no. about it but it's like it's, but rental cars are definitely the focus of fun times. It's not fun anymore because it's like it's so expensive. They've made it you tough. You have to like I respect them more than my own cars. Yeah. You know, like I beat the shit out of my own stuff. Right. Like when I'm in a rental car, I'm like, hey everybody, take it easy. Right. You know, like Like no, you can't drive it. I've I mean, I, I'm the not, only I'm the only driver yeah, on this, you know? <laughs> I mean, I drive the shit out of it, but like, you know, I'm not we used to literally jump them and like fuck yeah. them up, you know. But I traveled around racing a lot of motorcycle stuff. And there was this one time in Moline, Illinois, where I had a bunch of like top flat trackers in my car. I had one guy fucking like hanging out and we were in some person's yard, dude. We found a yard that had a hump and we were jumping it. Right. Like every time we would just go back out and then we'd fucking go back and jump it again. And eventually I rolled the bumper underneath the front of the fucking thing. And I took it back the next day with the bumper like dragging behind the front tires. And I said, something happened. Yeah, whatever. And it got stuck, and I didn't hit nothing. Well, eventually, they got enough effed up cars to where they're yeah, like, Yeah, they've right, changed the rules and, on yeah, us. It's, but. So, that wasn't the story you told. What did I tell? What did I tell? <laughs> I, those are good, but like the one you told was about going through a... St you went through a drive-thru, and I can't remember it, so I was hoping you were going to tell me because I wanted to be reminded. Okay, well, then, right, so. You're going through the drive-thru, and it's something about like when you finally got to the end, you're like, dialed? God, I wish I could remember all of it. Really? Yes. God, it was me and... But we were nobody. You wouldn't even known who the fuck we were. Just like when you go when there's 800 entries... You don't know who 95% of yeah. those people are. I mean, that's what's tough is like, you just, fuck, man. There's, well, like James over here, your buddy. I mean, he's like, oh, I met you in Florida, you know, at the, where the fuck was it? We're at Lake City, James. Yeah. Lake yeah. City Nationals in like, like 2020, oh, yeah. 2019. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I did, but God damn. Like, I didn't expect you to remember. Yeah, I mean, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us back to like Jake Steichleather at, Sy at um at Wicked Weekend, remember? We're having the Beach RC party, and Jake's like, yeah, you don't know who I am. You're like, no, I don't fucking have a clue who you are. 
yeah. And, I, and I'm, Jake's one of my boys, and he's like, and he, and regionally, he's a great pro. Like, he's a good racer, runs up front. Yeah. Well, that was a funny, that was a funny. That was, and I told that story to Lucas here, and I was like, listen, dude mayfield fucking was talking to jake and jake was rambling he was drunk and mayfield's like all right i'm out yeah <laughs> that was the end of it the was night. like well i was trying to explain something and like no he didn't want to hear it and it was just like all right i'm out like yeah fuck well like spencer eckert always says it's like dude you get a little drunk and you just like want to hold like a uh conference and just tell everybody what's wrong with rc and i'm like <laughs> I, that's what I do. I mean, uh, but who I, doesn't? Yeah, because we all see the same issues. Well, the problem with we me is that it. I, I know all these issues, but I mean, I have no idea how to fix them. I don't fucking have the time to. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's not your job. Your job is to win races. That's what you get paid to, for. I would love it to where there is enough money in this game to where there would be the opportunity for somebody like myself to do that. You know what I mean? Like to where there would be like, hey, let's like, okay, I mean, shit, if being the Roar president paid something, I would love to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like to where like, hey, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but you Nobody know, does. I've done it enough to where I kind of know what people People want. respect your opinion though, because you have done it, yeah. you know? I mean, so potentially. That brings a- Not a, saying I want to be fucking Roar president. No, I'm no, just no, no. saying that- But that brings a perfect, perfect question. And it, it was something I wanted to ask you. It's like, what is after RC or competitive RC for Ryan Mayfield? I'm, I don't ever forecast myself not being in the industry. I have no idea what it is. I've never been that guy that plans um, uh, too far ahead because I, 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 I can't. It's got to be right? tough because you started at- at an adolescent. Yeah. Right? I mean, you started as a kid. Yeah. And you're still in it today. Well, I love the business side of things. I love the hobby side of this stuff. I understand most of it. I understand why these decisions are being made. And, you know, I think I can kind of fill a role in any side of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think I can race for a long time. I mean, obviously, I'm... I. I'm not under any sort of assumption that I'm just going to continue to win, you know, forever. That's just not going to happen. Um, but I think I can race competitively for, you know, a few more years. Look at Drake. Yeah. I mean, he's competitive. He's yeah. making A's. So, and then I have to do some things on my own and kind of build my own brand. I got to kind of be better about that stuff. But at the same time, that's tough because I don't want to like step on the toes of the people that have supported me. Sure. And the people that support me. Right. Like I would rather, and then it's tough to make, not to get too deep, but like, or it's tough to make the kind of money I'm making in this industry working for one brand. Right. Right. So it's cause these companies don't make, they don't, I mean, they make money. They do great. But like the, the, the most wealthy people or the, the best earning people in these industries are typically the owners of these in, of these companies and the those are also the most unselfish people you've ever met in your life like the the owners of these companies if you saw them outside of the industry you would never know who they are they're closet millionaires right i think anyways but they don't fucking live that way you know like they live a very um just 
they they pump all the big any any successful company like the owner of that company is just pumping all the money back into the company like sure. it's their passion right so it would be tough to just i don't really uh, again it's like it it always leads you to like you have to do something for yourself right but the answer is you want to stay in the industry of course i'm staying in the industry i this is all i know right you know? so that's that's your path is like just, i mean whether i don't really know what my path is past racing but it's um, in the industry it's in the industry of course but i've never had the time to focus on something like that because i'm racing right. i'm i can't uh, and especially now with the family you know what i mean like which is very I'm, important i give my family as much time free time as i have and then I race as well. Yeah. Right. So for me to spend more time to meet, for me to find time to do something else, it would be, I just sleep two hours a night. Right. You know, and then what the fuck am I worth for the rest of the stuff? You know? No, so, you got to focus on what you're good at. Yeah. So I don't really know. I don't, I have no answer for that, but I've also been a guy that like, I'm a good, I'm a good person. I know some people on the internet don't think I am. Fuck but, them, man. Yeah. Fuck but them, look, man. I know who I am. Good guy. I can sleep at night. My family knows I'm a good guy. And I've always just trusted the fact that if you're honest, you work hard, you're a good person at heart, opportunities will come. Treat people the way you want to right. be treated and expect nothing out of anybody. Yeah, so dude. just that's what I do. I work hard. I take care of the people around me. I do my job well. I be compassionate when I can be. You know, I be... Yeah. Um, generous when i can be and eventually all those things come back to good opportunities and like continue to grow right yeah so well you got a brand and your brand is you yeah right now so and my brand's kind of on me like jason's helped me kind of build a brand and aiming's also helping me and it's like it's kind of at that foot that path to where for it to get bigger it would take more time from me yeah you know what i mean um you're just not ready yet and yeah. the fact is, you're still competitive. But I'm thankful for them, for these companies to give me those opportunities when I'm ready to, you know, absolutely take that. You know what I mean? But you earn that. And, and so from the outside looking in, like as as a company owner, I would be proud to have somebody like you, just like I am any of the guys that I, I take care of. You're You're an exemplary example of what we need and what, why people buy product. Right. So there's, well, I appreciate that. There's, there's no, there's no one out here thinking like Ryan Mayfield sucks. We're all, you know, most people think that that at least watch you, you're a badass, and you have. I think most of the time, your I'm own more way misunderstood you know? about some stuff because I'm not as open on the internet and shit, and like people don't really, you know. I wish more people were like. Yeah, that. but I like that. I like that. I don't. I don't really. Care. I mean, I kind of care, but I really don't give a fuck. Like, I don't want everybody to know who I am. I don't really, I don't want everybody to know my personal life. What was the last thing you saw on Facebook or Instagram right now? Like, like today, yesterday, the last uh, week? Probably a trophy truck. I don't okay. know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so that's bullshit. awesome because yeah. as a, as a business owner in this industry, like today, I searched through all the shit that had to do with fucking Masters of Dirt and try to post it on Masters of Dirt. I hated it. I hated every minute of it. Well, you're doing something different than I'm doing. You know? Yes and no. You're, you're you have a brand. Well, I'm just not. You're a brand. I'm not, I know, but I'm not. My brand is racing, so that's what I focus on, right? So like these are the RM2 stuff that Jason sells, J Concept sells, and like my RM engine line. Like if I spent more time 
focusing on advertising those things, they would do better. But I don't have that time because if I spent the time doing that, my racing would fail. Which is what you get paid for. Which is what I get paid for. Right. right? So it's a double-edged sword. So I I am a, I'm a racer. I'm racing. I can still win races, and that's what I'm going to do. And luckily these uh, – I'm going to try to be better about the some of these things next year. Like I think I have some ideas to where I'm going to use some people in my life um, that are good friends of mine and maybe – allow them to make some money. I can make a little extra money, you know what I mean? And just kind of like do some stuff like that. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but God yeah, does, it, you got to diversify. It's, you, I mean, it's, you have a brand like, fuck, I walk into this area, you do this. And it's like, how many goddamn, I walked in. I was like, how many businesses do you have? <laughs> I mean, you got shit going on everywhere. Like, I'm just not that kind of guy. Like I applaud guys like you that can do this kind of shit and uh, diversify your time. You know what I mean? But I'm just not that kind of guy. You know what I mean? But so, you're doing it right, though, because well, you're still able to spend time with your family. Well, that's... You're still able to make a living. Yes. And you're relevant. Right. Like, people like me have to scrape to make money to pay for the other shit. Right? I don't have the talent that you have. You have a, a commodity that people want. Well, you have a talent of branding, and you're doing uh, pretty good. So I think oh, I appreciate that. That means a lot because yeah. you've been in this way longer than I have. And I'm, I work hard, so I, I'm not going to sugarcoat that side of things, but we look up to like, we talk about people like you. We talk about Dakota and Spencer and Tebow. Like we talk about you in, in house. Trust me. I think, uh, I don't know if a lot of people realize, but like, like I was saying how hard I work, all these guys work that hard. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's a lot of time, you know? And, oh, yeah, we get paid pretty well for what we do. But at the end of the day, if you did the math on the hours put in versus the money earned, well, it wouldn't make sense to a lot of people. There's it's not minimum that, wage, but it's it, it's yeah. not like fucking making a ton of money yeah, it's, either. But it's that, that's where the passion comes in. Right. Right? You know? And Which it's like needed. when passion and talent meet and then work ethic comes in, that's what creates what some of us are. There, yeah. it, it's dude i'm so glad you said all that because passion work ethic talent because if you don't love this it doesn't matter how much talent you know how many talented motherfuckers i mean i've seen a couple people come through this deal that are more talented than me and they go nowhere yeah because they just don't have the work ethic or and or passion or whatever you know what i mean it just you have to have it all yeah and that's pretty unique so luckily these companies kind of recognize that <laughs> Well, I, I'm I'm pretty sure as we kind of like close things out, I'm pretty sure you know who your people are. Yeah, they've been behind you for a long time. You're not one to waver. You're not jumping brands a lot. You've been. I and mean, that's Jay what's crazy. Is I've I've made a lot of changes, but I've also had a long career. Very much so, so. And, and it's very visible. You, I'm not the only one that sees it. Everyone else notices it. You're uh, you're not just a guy looking for money and, and, and killing the industry. You're fucking in it. You're in it to win it. Um, I applaud you for a lot of things. One, one of the things that I've learned about you is we're very similar in the fact that like, we don't fucking hold back what we what's on our mind. You know, it was tough for me. People didn't understand me coming in, but you're the guy that's been here for a long time doing the same thing. I try to do is be honest and be transparent. Yeah. And like you said earlier about uh, 
you can't just come out and blaze glory and fucking say what's on your mind all the time. But you like, you w work within the lines. Yeah. And, and I'm very similar, but I work a little bit outside. Like I'm barely outside those lines. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. We're, but I can because if people don't like me, I lose money. You, you're getting paid, but they're going to be like, hey, don't do that. Right. I, I have my own decisions to make. You do as well, but you, you kind of have like someone looking down on you. I can be like, fuck you. And they can be like, well, fuck you. Yeah. But I applaud you because you're, you're still real. And that's why I think that's why over the years, the last few years that no, we've I been think, knowing yeah. each other, we've been getting along because when we're at a race, well, bullshit seeks out bullshit, right? Right. <laughs> and so. we're, 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 we're still the same guys today yeah. as we were a week ago, a right. month ago, a year yeah. ago. So we need more of that. We need more of you. Thank you. Lucas Loring, the fucking legend. <laughs> uh, two two last questions before we end. Okay. okay. Number one, the last the, the I'm gonna save the best question for last because Lucas asked me to ask you this. But number one, I want to know what you think without even touching the track for Masters of Dirt yet. What do you think of just the appearance of the track? It looks fucking hard. Really? Yeah, it looks hard. Okay. It looks hard. I mean, we were just standing next to the track before we did this, and I was like, where are we starting? Where are we starting <laughs> the mains? True. You know? I'm like, there's just a lot going on. And it looks pretty wavy, which is kind of interesting to me. Like, well, it looks fun for 10 scale. Because, like, normal 10 scale tracks, like every 10 scale track, I typically, like, they're the people building the tracks. Flat with jumps. Just, Flat with jumps. No, 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 not that. But the, the anywhere there's not a jump, it's like perfectly smooth. Mm -hmm. Right? Like when I walk by today, I'm like, damn, this track, it's like, it's already rough, mm -hmm. you know? But it won't change. It'll just be that rough everywhere. Yeah, that's fine. Right. That's fucking fine. It's off-road racing. Right. Right. So I thought that was interesting. And it, the jumps look pretty peaky, that fucking back thing and the step up. I'm like, I don't even know what to do there. <laughs> so, but I like, I like that kind of stuff. Like, and I told you when I got there, I'm like, looking at it before I got there, it looked like that front section was uh, kind of flat. Yeah, it looked like a straightaway with yeah. like a two foot ski jump. But when I got here, it's like a ten foot pile of dirt. It is like people watching online; they don't even realize it's fucking huge. A lot of elevation. So, I it's a pretty it's unique, you know. Like as far as ten scale racing goes, I was like, so you've been around the globe, dude. You fucking done ten scale around the world. Yeah. One of the things we take pride in for masters, especially masters, like masters is the marquee event for our beach rc is elevation we don't fuck around with elevation. <laughs> <laughs> we don't fuck around with elevation so all right so my last question and we're gonna end this because i'm i'm grateful because a lot of people don't know when we were over at the shop you're like bro can we keep this to an hour yeah i mean i got people were trying to go to dinner like, with me and i'm like eh. i didn't say it to you out loud but in my mind like bro you don't even fucking know yet yeah. <laughs> Well, you're feeding me beer, so I'm good. All right. Yeah. So, but the the last question I have for you, and this might be literally the hardest question to answer or the most un-PC we can offer. Okay. But Luke, this is once again, I'm gonna go back to Lucas. Lucas is my man. Yeah. All right. Lucas, yeah. Lucas is like a brother from another mother, well underpaid, and does he's a vested interest and loves me. I love him. We're we're like family without being family. And that's a whole nother story. I didn't even want to hire him when I hired him. Right. 
but I had no other option. Best fucking thing I ever well, did. Well, he's obviously been around for a while. So. Yes, he's a, he's amazing, and we're we're better for it. Yep. He said, because I'm like, oh, dude, I told him. I was like, I got Mayfield. I got him. He's coming in. He told me he's going to do the podcast. He's like, all right. <laughs> he said, ask him, what was his 2019 tax returns? <laughs> 2019. <laughs> he wants to know pre-COVID, like what was Mayfield making? And then I don't need to know to the dollar. What does a pro make, man? Like what? What's a? And we know, the world knows it's a six-figure income. I now mean, you have to earn that because there's bonus money and blah blah yeah. blah. Okay, like I get that. I mean, I'm pretty transparent with this stuff. I probably never said this on a podcast, but. It's, I've, I would say for the last handful of years, I make north of a hundred, just south of 200. Perfect. So a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. And, in and, and, and so me, we're not making millions. No, we're not making we, enough money to like retire. But me as a family guy, it's one thing people have to understand is that doesn't come cheap. 150. Yeah is not easy for being away 35 to 38 right. weekends of the year right. from your family. Well, that's what I was saying. I'm a family that's guy. That's what I say is that back to the, if you uh, did the math of the hours put in and, and figured out an hourly wage, it's not very impressive. Right. Because you, you're, you're your own worst boss. You have to be the guy telling yourself to do these types of things, put in this amount of time, Right. So if you actually sit down and do the math on some of this stuff, because I mean, I got up at two forty five this morning to fly out here. Right. And shit, I don't know what time I'm going to bed and then I'm going to get up at seven and do the thing tomorrow. You don't need to get up at seven. We don't open until 10. I wake up at seven. All right. I'm going to be up at seven. But that's like I mean, nine I'm here. I'm just going to lay in the bed and like, but no, I'm going to be fine. I mean, I'm actually working tomorrow morning. Before I get to the track at 10, but how fucking late are we going to be at the track? What I'm getting at is that <laughs> when we're at the track, most of these like PMB, some of these, most of these events were there f from uh, eight to one. Yeah. You know, for 8 sure. a.m. to 1 a.m. Right. Yeah. You're there all day. I mean, some of these indoor races, we literally get there before the sun comes up and we go when the, we leave when the sun's going down. Right. You know, like, or coming back we're up. In, Fence to shitty ass fucking shit venues places 100 we're not traveling around the world to some glorious fucking place You're not in the hilton and we got shitty connections and we're gonna we're driving through shitty places and a lot of the places were like three we got like land we in, talked about spain you get to the fucking worlds yeah. beautiful the baldos four hour drive yeah the the the, the, the actual track was the most amazing A-scale outdoor 50 track. 50 minutes away from anywhere we could stay. Exactly. So we had to drive 50 minutes minimum every each direction. Right. Right? Every day for 12 days. Yeah, it's not glorious. No. We're not, like, helicoptered around. Right. <laughs> We're not flying private jets, you know. So some people think it's glorious. You know, it's great. It's glamorous to, like, travel around. But we're literally never seeing. We travel all these countries, but we literally never see the country. Right. We see the track. We see the shitty part around the track. It's a couple of restaurants. That's it. Right. Right. That's it. We Interior see the airport. hotel room. So, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. I love my job. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I get to go home and, and see my family and 
like my office is at my house and my kids can be involved and they like to throw fucking wrenches at me and it's great, you know? So, but at the end of the day, we make good money, but we're not making enough money to just be like one day, fuck it. We're done. We're still blue car. Yeah. Yeah. In this day and age, when you, when you see the cost of living, the time we spend, we're still blue collar people. We're not fucking making a ton. Well, of I mean, I don't like to say that because I, I feel like I make, I mean, I grew up with, my parents went in every single thing that my parents ever did extracurricular with me, they went into debt to do it, right? Like, I they got me in RC cars, they took us to sand dunes and the lake and all this stuff. They're, well, I don't have any siblings, so me. But they went into debt to do it. Like, they literally put themselves in such a hole with credit cards but it was for the sole fact to give me that type of experience and fun. And it took me to be an adult to realize that. Yeah, right? we don't know until we know. We don't know until we know. But that was the type of sacrifice they were willing to make at the time to make sure that I experienced those types of things. And so later on, looking back, like, man, I was such a dick in high school. <laughs> but they did all that shit for me. So nowadays it's like I make this type of money and you I'm want to thankful. pass it along I'm, well, I'm thankful for it right right i'm thankful that i have this job i work hard i make more money than my parents made um i can uh, do these things with my family and i can afford to live a just a life you know? i have two kids that are a little older than yours well i shouldn't say a little much older than yours and i grew up mid-class Parents gave me what I needed, made me work for it. But also, I want to give my kids a better life, which is tough That's because hard. we're in a different time. Yeah. But you you hit it on the head. It's you don't realize how good you had it until you're doing it for your own. Yeah. And that is so important. Like the humility. You know, that's the human. Yeah. That's you being not just as badass we all know at the racetrack. You actually have a family. You have a life that people have to realize. And you're well, still a dad. People, I don't want people to know that. Well, it does, but you are, <laughs> right. though. The, the, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's reality. Yeah. We're not. No one has to know your personal life. No one has to see pictures. No one has to do any of that. But the fact is, you're an adult. You have kids and a wife. In a, in a life outside of your industry. Yeah. And uh, I learned that very, you know, I, my wife and I gone through hard times because I was like, work, 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 work. Fuck family. Yeah. I'll be home when I'm home. Well, They'll I, be there when I get there. I am lucky enough and also have the same mindset to where uh, I don't have to do that. Right. I don't have to do that type of thing. Like I don't have to put my family second, even though they come second, you know, like no matter that's the crazy thing about this shit is that like with any life, it's just like you, there's never enough time with your kids. Never, never. Cause you don't get it back. Never. That's the problem. So the time when you're away, like right now I'm away, I'm in South Carolina, my family's in Arizona and I feel like I'm missing something. Right. But I have to be here. I have to work. I have to do something, you know? So it's just shitty. It's, but I, I think that's the, it's not shitty though. It's just, everybody has to do that. You know, we all have different ways of making our yeah. money and spending our time right. and families do sacrifice because of that. But in the end of the day, you're going to put your kids through school. You're going to make sure that your wife's fucking satisfied. You're going to make sure your house payments paid. Like yeah. we have to do that. Right. 
We all have to. This isn't a, this is, we're not unique. People, this is just how I do that. Right. But that's that. And the point I'm trying to get across to the people, the five people that are watching (laughs) is that you're, you're human. You're, you're like not some super like human because you're the, one of the best RC racers. You're still doing a job every yeah. day to pay your bills like they do to go frame a house. I hope I didn't plumbing. disappoint Lucas on my tax return. No, I think if anything, you really helped him. <laughs> now he's going to come to me for a raise. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck if Mayfield's making that shit, you know. But no, like it's it's all about the fact that you have to do the same thing that a plumber does in a, a you know, a fucking guy that does insurance Well, I'm basically sales. doing the same thing that anybody that owns their own business does. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you are I mean, I get pers- paid by people, but I'm a, my own employee. I'm, a, I'm sure. I'm You're 1099. My own company. Right. And the only person that's going to wake me up in the morning to do my job is me. These companies are paying me to do a job. They're not reminding me to do the job. I'm paid to do the job. Yeah. Right? So, and... I have a lot of bosses, basically. I have a lot of companies, you yeah. know, that rely on me to do what they're asking to do. What so, are those companies? Who who are well, who Hobby are the Wing, people? Uh, techno. Well, let's start at the top. So, talk, Techno, J Concepts, Hobby Wing, Amin Hobbies, Protech RC. Um, shit, am I missing people? Stick it one. Fly Sky Radio. So yeah, we didn't talk about that. Oh, Sky. fucking A. Did you go to the Noble? I'm Fly Sky. No shit. Oh yeah. I can drive your car. You can. I can Because I can it. go lefty. Yep. I can rotate that bitch right I want to drive it this you weekend. Can drive it. It's awesome. That radio is really good. I yeah. want to know. It works. I saw you driving that motherfucker, yeah. dude. I meant to ask you about yeah, that. It's good. I want to yeah. drive it. They want to get in the Don't US. forget. You can drive it. I, I actually asked them if they would let me be like a US distributor. And they passed on me because I'm this like little fucking fly well, on the net. Well, they may or may not be talking to the other guys. I understand. Yeah. Because that's, but this was a, two years ago. Yeah. And I was still kind of like where I well, am Well, I now. think they've been working with somebody else. And eh, it's, fuck them. Yeah, right. But so, anyways, the yeah. fact that you're using it, I want to try it. Yeah, I mean, it were, it's actually fucking good. Did I tell you about it? I was going to dot you in the eye if you didn't let me drive your car? No. Okay, you can well, drive it. I'm going to drive your yeah. car. Jason bought them all, so he doesn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got all those guys, and you got fucking. I mean, I'm probably bro. missing some people, and I'm sorry um, if I missed you guys. But um, yeah, those those guys support me; they pay me, and I do the best I can. You Are know? you using the Noble and A scale too? Yeah. No shit. Fuck yeah! I didn't know that. Yeah, I ran at the Mugen Challenge. I ran at the Worlds, which I haven't seen you since uh, Wicked Weekend. So. Oh yeah, I've been it running was after since Wicked. Then. Yeah. No, you didn't run at Wicked. No, I said I ran it since, since then. Yeah. Yeah. So it was so like I, had, I, I, I remember seeing it, you. I got it. Just before that race, okay. I think Did everyone's asking me about Dakota running the fucking uh San Juan. I'm like, bro, stop. Okay, oh. people are always looking for what's best or best for them or better than what they had. Yeah. Like, just stop it. All I know is that Fly Sky's wanted to make kind of a good entrance into the U.S. market and they have a phenomenal product. I agree, and their price point is going to be. Shocking for the um, the quality that they're going to bring. Yeah. So that'll be pretty cool. God damn it. Fucking aiming getting me again, hey, dude. I didn't Jesus. Say that. Yes, I didn't, you did. I didn't say basically. It. I didn't say it. Man. <laughs> All right. Let, let's go have some burgers or steak or whatever the fuck you want. I told you not to make this a main versus beef. It's not. Podcast. No, no. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> by the way, by the way, we're, we're going to end this on this. I actually, so. 
Two Actually, things. I told told uh, I'm not going to name the name. Told somebody at AMA that I'm going to do this, and they're like, That's I'm going to name names. So. Uh, a, a month ago, I reached out to Kendall. I was like, bro, you would be perfect for me and you, especially to have a to, podcast. To have a podcast. Yeah. And he agreed. He'd probably do it. Yeah. He's going to come after Masters. I don't know when yet, but we haven't, we haven't like put the date down. I had Shane on already. Yeah. I, I'm, dude, you got to understand, I am industry wide. I'm not trying to single out. I don't out. think anybody dislikes you, and especially if you're doing this and it's like, like you did what you did. Like, you're, it's just, it's. It's just a fucking podcast. It is. Yeah. I'm. I'm not right. all about beach RC. And you know, a That's lot of my people business. don't know. I don't think a lot of people. I wouldn't say that everybody knows that like Brent Densford or is beach, right? Probably not. You know. So yeah, that's not a bad thing. No. You know, like you said, Kindle. Probably nobody knows that Kindle owns a main. Right. You know. Not everybody. So that's a good thing, right? So. You know, you should be able to do these things kind of anonymously. I guess. It's not even that. It's like I'm not partial. I'm not going to block at people out. Yeah, you're doing your thing for and, me. And yeah, you're just an industry guy. If I can't beat them on my own, in my opinion, I don't need to block them out to do it. Right. I'm I'm happy. It's just a small enough industry that everybody like kind of has an, a gentleman like attitude. Sure. It'll be fine. We had you a know? great time at Nationals, dude. When, I, when we went to Kendall's place, matter of fact, I found out afterwards when it was all said and done because in my first main for Buggy, I ended up beating three A main employees, one which was Kendall, one was Jason Bell, and one was another uh, guy in my first main. And uh, I bumped to the next main. And then in the next main, I bumped again, and I come to find out, I'm pretty sure Jason Bell told me this, I'm, I can't remember, but they named me as Mr. Bump in their group text message right. among the A-Main guys. <laughs> so, like, we have a mutual respect. You know, I, yeah, I, that's cool. I distribute the RC Project stuff to them at the moment. I'm working on trying to get other stuff with them. Uh, I sell a ton of ProTech shit. You know, and I buy a lot from a main distributing. So, like, there's no animosity. Kindle's a fucking, it, to me, is like, uh, I look up to that. Yeah. Like, look what he did, yeah. right? Yeah. He got in at the right time. He did the right thing. Yeah. He's a fucking genius. Good for him. And I like him as a person, yeah. too. I mean, I've so. been working with them or racing for them for a long time, and they're good. They're good people. Yeah. So, and that you're good people, too. So, it's like, I'm, yeah, it's good that you guys all just fucking mutual respect it's all it takes it's competition yeah. it's like racing on the track like you said it's you like know, what would what would help anybody if you're going after them they're going after you what the fuck with that proof there's no there's no malicious like yeah. competition i i just want to beat them like they want to beat me yeah. i feel like and they can tell me later and, and I, when i get kindle on here we can talk about it but i feel like i've made them step up their game and i'm not trying to be arrogant well the guy that i was talking to was like well how do you better yourself if somebody's not nipping at their heels nipping at your heels right does that make sense yeah like, of course that's competition that's so me i was nipping at their heels yeah well they didn't say that but i did <laughs> i did that's fine i did hey this podcast is I, not supposed to be about beach RC. there's only five people okay so don't worry about it and they're beach rc people so they don't even know who a main is but what i'm saying no, is they don't <laughs> all i'm saying is this i worked really hard to get to that point and i'm glad that they recognized it because i know for a good and damn well that i was a thorn in their side i'm just saying yeah that's fine now they're making me fucking work harder well you guys got somebody else too but i don't know if they're doing who much. the fuck are yeah. you talking about because yeah, exactly. they ain't shit to me dude yeah, like, exactly there's only one person that matters and that's a main yeah. and and i feel like like that's the gold standard 
and they're they're an amazing people. I understand why people buy from them. I bought from them before I opened up BHRC. Um, they're good people. Like I, I have no problems. Yeah. But competition's good. If we didn't have it, they would just they would get complacent. Yeah. You know, I make I make them better. Well, they're the making me better. Everything. Right. It's right. racing. Yeah. We're racing to the I mean, top. There'd only be one car company if everybody's just like, oh shit, okay. Ford and Chevy. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Let's Are go eat dinner. We're done. Remember, you said an hour. I was like, yeah. ah, whatever, this is dude. Fucking four hours. It's three. Jesus. Christ. I told you. Yep. All right. All right. My man. Appreciate Thank it. you. Yep. Peace. Ryan Mayfield in the motherfucking house. We out. La 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 la